song is an open letter to my fan. Electric Candy, in association with Channel 4.5 Productions, presents Assault and Flattery with Joel Dameron. Dear hipster glasses, I see all the black Joel players wear at NBA press conferences. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Assault and Flattery podcast. I am your host, Joel Damron, and uh, today's little piece that I wrote for the show is called The Voyeur, and it begins with a quote. And though I can hide my cold gaze... And you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours. And maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable. I simply am not there. Brady Stanellis, American Psycho. There is an idea of an American dream. Some kind of abstraction. But the dream is not a fantasy. It's a nightmare. It's an illusory, unattainable goal. A proverbial brass ring placed just beyond our grasp. Like a hunched old widow who's too short to reach the top shelf for a can of Campbell's, we struggle. We extend. But we reach nothing. We are forever chasing, forever pursuing lurking and leering, peering into women's windows at night like a peeping tom, a vagrant voyeur, vicious and starving for some new cut of meat, some bit of sustenance that contains no substance, something we can sink our teeth into. We want meat, we say, but not just any meal. We need steak, we need Kobe beef, we need veal. And I ask, what for? We can't taste. Does a starving person require gourmet meals to obtain nourishment? Does a person who's homeless require a mansion to be warm? When does a righteous kill become a happy meal? When does self-fulfillment become a self-fulfilling prophecy? We are not beggars. We are not starving. There are no rations to be passed around and handed out. You have what you need. And the ones who truly know hunger, those who truly know the cold and the pavement, well, they're in Africa and on television with sad songs and teary eyes, mournful, glum, and waiting. They're animals anthropomorphized with voiceover narrations by Sarah McLaughlin, and they can be yours for less than a cup of coffee a day. But they're also here at home, and some of them fought for your freedoms. So come one, come all, bring us your tired and your hungry, your poor, your weak, and your starving. And as long as there's some sort of Germanic or Nordic or Scandinavian or Western European background, as long as they look white and they have a Christian but not too Christian heritage, 
will take care of them. The truth is, folks, that our beloved American dream isn't an ethos at all. In actuality, it's more like a striking and beautiful but conveniently unattainable young woman who feigns an implied romantic invitation to an unknown admirer, a watcher, a voyeur. And this voyeur, this poor sap, thinks that the young woman is a person, but she's not. She's an idea. A conceptual construct, an amalgamation of hopes and dreams, concepts of life and love and false meanings, a collection of things that we collectively agreed is her identity. And her existence, the voyeur's pursuit, is nothing but a philosophical lucid dream, a state of pure hypnagogia. It's an audiovisual allegory. A living fable. Yes, she is beautiful, but her beauty is an allusion to some sort of perceived glamour, a capitalist illusion, our very own American mirage, fueled by materialism or the basic human need to find meaning to our existence, to feel some sense of accomplishment, some sense of ethnic authenticity in a society that promotes the boiling of any cultural identity into a label, then throws it into the melting pot with self-obsession and technology. Her body is exquisite and attractive. Her curves are pleasing and look fertile. But when her clothes are removed and she is stripped, her true form is seen. Her skin is merely a scrapbook of sins, a living scroll of consequences, corollaries, and backwash. On its surface, scribed in ink like Babylon's whore, the harlot writing on the great beast, is all the repercussions of America's feast, the actual cost of its creation. Her inner monologue is the narration of her own con, a never-ending soliloquy that's spoken aside. It starts with a society of antisocial personalities, emotionless, hollow shells, created by a culture of technological social dependence, and a desperate craving for any feeling that even resembles an actual human being. Do you not see that we are the voyeurs? We are the watchers who gain pleasure by witnessing without restraint or moderation the misfortunes of others. Do you not see that when we choose to be willfully ignorant, when we deny the truth's existence, when we deny fact for the sake of feelings, our own included, when we don't call bullshit in the face of frauds, when we aren't honest about ourselves with ourselves. When we simply conform and maintain our place in the bubble of American culture. When we do that, then all we are doing is making ourselves voyeurs to the end of man. 
This song is an open letter to my fans. Electric Candy, in association with Channel All right, and that was The Voyeur. Pretty awesome piece that I wrote um, last year at some point. Uh, interestingly enough, I tried to turn it into a short film because it had a lot of great visuals and and uh, wrote the script and had the budget ready and and uh, knew exactly how I was going to shoot it. Even did some test footage with a friend of mine and and could not get it made because I couldn't find an actress who was willing to be in her bra and panties for the film. Yeah, not nude mind you, which is what the script could have called for, and really honestly should have called for if it was going to be true to the whole point of the goddamn piece. But I couldn't find an actress to get into her bra and panties. I, I seriously talked to like 10 different actresses, none of them would do it because of the bra and panties. I even had actresses that said no because of the bra and panties, and then I looked on their fucking Facebook, and they have a whole album full of goddamn bikini pictures from summertime. So what you're, what you're telling me is that you're willing to let the whole world see you in your bikini on Facebook but if they see you in bra and panties, which covers up more in a movie, that is offensive to you? That is too much for you? Really? And these actresses weren't even fucking professional actresses. I was offering $100 a day. My wife was going to be there to help and to shoot the film with me. And they were, they were uncomfortable, I guess, with the whole idea and concept of, God forbid, being in their bra and panties for a film. You see, folks, as a filmmaker, as a director, that's one of the many things that I hate about actors. That's one of the things that kills me about actors sometimes. Because I'm like, do you, do you guys understand that, that you're artists, too? Or do you just like fucking standing on a stage and having everybody look at you? And, and it's actors that actually give a shit, folks. It's actor, actors that, oh God, actors that actually care, that, that, that use acting as their own art as well, that are there trying to get some sort of personal catharsis in this whole thing too. Those are, those are the actors that make all of this worth it. Those are the ones that I love to work with. And my guest on today's show is one of those actors. His name is Tanner Reisner, and uh, he's an actor out of L.A. And uh, he does acting and producing and uh, assistant directing from time to time. I, I believe he works for... Smosh cast. I don't want to get that wrong. I hope I'm not getting that wrong. Used to work for Lady Pants Productions. Anyway, or Girl Pants Productions. I, did, I think. I don't know. I have a hard time keeping track of 
myself and uh, how many groceries I need, let alone other people's careers. Um, but uh, he's really awesome, and I love him. He's a very dear friend. I consider him a brother. He's literally starred in everything I've done, every film I've made, except for the film that I'm doing right now. But that's only because he lived in he lives in L.A. and we couldn't get enough money in the budget to fly him out and uh, film with him. But um, I love him very much. And uh, he stopped by, came home for the, because he's from here where I live, he came home for the uh, holidays. So he stopped by and uh, we recorded a podcast. Unfortunately, we our conversation lasted about four hours and 30 minutes. And uh, I didn't want to put you guys through that. So I'm cutting it in half and it's going to be a two part. So this is just the first two hours and 15 minutes. I, uh, I don't mind going long, like three hours, but I'm not going to put a four-hour and 30-minute podcast on here for you guys. Anyway, um, I'll talk to you guys at the end. Um, I love you. Thanks for listening, and uh, enjoy my conversation with Tanner Reisner. We talk about a lot of great things. Uh, we were drinking Crown Royal, so it's very alcohol-fueled. Anyway, enjoy it. Streaming that downloaded legal music you get. Not music for streaming himself playing video games. Oh, those video games, man. God damn video games. <laughs> All right, so this is this is Crown Royal that we got for our wedding. I, I saved oh, wow. it for you. Oh, my God, thank you. I was just waiting for an occasion. Waiting for an occasion, and I'm like, Tanner Reisner on the podcast. Yeah, let's do that. That's a good one. <clears throat> if I had Aaron Adair on here, I would have got some Glenn Levitt. Mm, good call. <laughs> Since I hear he's a big Glenn Levitt fan. Is he? That's what I hear. Oh, there we go. Should we let it breathe for a little bit? Hell. Probably just a minute. I feel like. You need, you need ice with yours, or you need ice with your whiskey, or you a girl? I'm not. I forgot. I, I no, just I'm drink sure. it I'll straight. Probably, I was gonna say I'll probably get ice. I mean, I'll probably just drink it straight. Okay, well, I'll drink it straight with you if that's what you want to do. That old, that old queer Dustin Curry descent. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's he want? You looking for a hookup, probably? God, if, if, <laughs> if there was ever a thing, that was the truth. It's that. He's uh, just wait. He's hoping California influenced you enough to change me to just, make you just slightly. Just turn you slightly a little bit. Uh, he's just, he was in town. Yeah. And then he just apparently got back to Texas. So Interestingly, a video of him Interestingly enough, I never he never informs me when he's in town, so mm. I don't know why. Uh, See, and I always forget that you never hang out really at Owl House anymore. I, it was just, I just like, you know, it's for the first few days I was like, oh, I'll just see Joel and like I'll see him at just, Owl House. He'll just be around. Yeah. Like, he'll just be <laughs> like, then like after a couple of days I was like, oh wait, Joel. God damn it. Joel, he started, he, Joel started having a life. I forgot. Damn yeah. it. Now, that's a long story. I, I, I you know, that's a, that's a lot to explain and unpack. I don't hate Owl House. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I said, I said, you know, do you know Awesome Rex? You know Awesome Rex, mm-hmm. do you? And uh, Summer, 
Summer More. That sounds really familiar. Um, I feel like you do know Summer More, but she, um, <coughs> they they're together, and I think that's a great couple personally. But mm-hmm. um, awesome Rex, I talked to him sometimes, and I saw his his like um, Halloween party they did, mm-hmm. and there were like people get naked oh, and just like hanging out and drinking and I was just like see now this is the type of friends that I wish that I had right here and I called him and I said now my friends usually just stand around and try and desperately pretend they don't have any feelings so and they're just kind of like how are you doing good how are you doing good how are you doing good how are you doing I'm doing great how are I'm you doing good. how's your life I'm good you know mm-hmm. let me pull this back because we we don't have to talk that loud to pick it up I guess but um so yeah, that's hard. And then Nick, Nick came over one day to practice, and he was like, "So I saw you talking trash on Instagram." I was like, "I was like, man, I'm just, just being honest, truth. man. I'm just being like, I'm I'm, being, I'm being I don't dislike Owl House, man. I'm just being honest." But, Ooh. <laughs> <coughs> a long time since I had crap. God, I haven't drank in forever. Yeah. So this might turn out bad because I. You might get more out of me in this interview than anyone needed because I. I haven't drank in a while. It's been a long. I just don't ever drink. I mean, I'm not a big fan of drinking all that much anyway. I just don't. Somebody got us this crown, and I was like, I don't know if they just think that we drink a lot or like people always have. You are needed. I. <laughs> well, people people always have weird ideas of me and Brooke. I I, th- I think, I mean, it's me. So people always think I'm crazy anyway. So they're like, he must drink a lot or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I hardly ever drink, and I don't do any drugs. I'm just right. you know, I'm like a lame old man. That's, and I think that's what people don't realize is that I'm actually a lame old man. Right. I just didn't know that, but. Cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought Crown Royal was smoother than that. Hell. Right. <laughs> Jesus. I thought that's what them rich white people drank. Oh. They like it smooth. <laughs> Dude, I had some tequila when we were in Mexico that was like so smooth that it was like water. And I was like, this is fucking nuts. Really? Yeah. yeah. Fucking the honeymoon, man. I, gotta, I can't wait to tell you. We got a lot to talk about here, buddy. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't do an intro, but Tanner Reisner's here. Oh, see, I didn't know we were Tan- Tanner <laughs> fucking Reisner. No, you kept it's, looking at the computer. And I it's was, been rolling that? since you got here, since you pulled oh, up. Yeah. Cut, no, um, I folks, he's he's here, Tanner Reisner, oh. a- actor, Tanner Reisner. Uh, you may recognize him from the fact that you've never seen him because he's been in a bunch of my movies, and uh, mm-hmm. no one ever watches my movies. So. Right. Uh, star of the of Take Five the movie, Tanner Co-star. It was an ensemble. Tanner Reisner. Be fair, it was it was basically just me and you, really. <laughs> well, we were you know working hard. Listen, no. Um, uh, the Tanner Reisner. Listen, so so listen. You um, call me by my like, Instagram handle. The Tanner Reisner. The Tanner Reisner. So listen, no. Um, <laughs> I ate all of the Munchie meal. Uh, Nick, did Nick show you the shirts that said 1-800-WE-WANT-PIZZA? <laughs> yeah, he said he got me in Brooke one. I, I didn't. He just literally, we were in his house the other day, and he showed up with a box. <sighs> yeah. like, what the, the hell is going on in the box? And he just started passing out 1-800-GIVE-ME-PIZZA shirts. Yeah, what, where did he get, were those just like... 
I, do, I, I don't I don't know what it is because it's like one of those things this is like the first time he's ever been like involved or like wanted to be a part of anything that had to do with Take 5 the movie right two years after the right, fact, right 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 no, I think I'm gonna like get really into it. I'm gonna print shirts. It'll be great. That are like from a line we said in the movie. Right. So like he sent me a picture of that and I wouldn't have known it, but I had just watched Take Five the movie the day before. Like I started watching it on YouTube mm-hmm. and <clears throat> then I couldn't quit watching it. And I was like, Okay, I gotta stop. Like I gotta seriously gotta stop watching this because this is like two hours and forty minutes. I really gotta stop. And then right. like thirty minutes later, okay, <laughs> seriously. Like I gotta seriously I gotta stop. And um, I just I just couldn't quit being disgusted by myself. So that that that's like watching a train wreck, you know. Yes. But uh, I saw that part with Judd with the one eight hundred gimme pizza, and that was Mm -hmm. so. When Nick sent that, I was like, "Is that from the Take Five movie, or is that a real thing?" And he just saw the shirt, and I'm not. Is he like doing a thing from the movie? Because that's that's cool. It's cool, but it's. Yeah, that's not, that feels weird. That's more like a Tommy thing. I don't oh, 100%. Know. Yeah, yeah. definitely a Tommy thing. I was actually, I was pretty surprised that it was Nick and not Tommy. And not Tommy a year and a half ago. You know what I mean? Right. I see. This is better now after you have, you know, like three sips. I see. Yeah, after it like burns away your feelings. Yeah, right. After it burns away all of the emotional trauma of your childhood, mm-hmm. then it tastes better. I see. That's what it is. Yeah, that's exactly it. You let yourself go. You let yourself fall into it. It's so, good. it's like when you make the transition from male to female. You just kind of, it just kind of happens. You know, you just don't. You just fall into it one day. You just don't really recognize it's happening. You know, before you know it, you're also Republican and you you don't support the gays. And then you're Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, it's. What was the other thing? It was, um, she doesn't support gays. And there's another, like, very, like, conservative, like. I don't know. Who knows? I don't. She's kind of crazy. I, I, when that came out, I was like, listen, everybody. She's like, Bruce Jenner's crazy. Let's yeah. just. And everybody was like, how dare you? How dare She's you? American. You homophobic <laughs> bastard. And I'm like, listen, there's homophobia and there's this person's crazy. And mm-hmm. I think clearly this person is crazy. But yeah. I mean, she hit someone, folks. I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying I listen to Joe Rogan podcast all with the time, car, but she right? hit somebody with a car, mm-hmm. folks, and drove away. And, and didn't question it. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, drove away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I... And her having, like, the, the, the conservative views and stuff, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. what, what, what is... what blows me away, too. You realize that you're gay, Right, you've made. I know it doesn't necessarily count as gay, but well, it's like is you still want to date women? But I, here's my thing. That's that was my question. Is Caitlyn now dating men, or she's still dating women? No, she wants to date women. She thinks women are beautiful all around. She well, wants I mean, to so be a woman and date a woman. Now she's gay. Now she's gay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, really so fun. you made the transition and became gay, is what you're saying? Like, and, but you don't support gay rights and stuff. I don't. That's what's sure. really interesting to me. What's really funny is like that's exactly how my girlfriend sees it. Right. Is like she she's the most interesting character. First of all, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. You have a girlfriend? I do. It's a very folks. It's folks. It's time for a shark party. No. Um. It's time for a party, folks. Tanner Reisner has a girlfriend. I haven't been able to say that in like. Probably three or four years. It's been a while. I mean, at least two since I've been out in L.A. Oh, man. uh, I was really pulling for you. Like, when you said I'm going to L.A., I was like, oh, finally women for Tanner. 
like women that will understand Tanner and appreciate Tanner's sensitive artist soul as much as I do. And then, you know, nothing. And I'm like, what are you doing up there, Tanner? And you're like, I'm like, so you so you have any pussy you're fucking yet? And you're just like, no, no, no. Just, no. just working. And I'm like, what the hell is the matter with you? <laughs> Where'd you, where'd you move? New Mexico? What are you doing? Nevada? Yeah, what are you, fucking Arizona now? What's going on? <laughs> but you said, I'm sorry, I thought you said California in LA. And Los Angeles. Jesus. The biggest city, or second largest city. Tanner, you look like you look like fucking Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise. What are you doing? Oh, I wish I looked like Brad Pitt and Thelma and Louise. I feel like you look, I look pretty more good. like Michael Pitt and Murder by Numbers. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what a reference. Nice. Brooke just watched that the other day, and she was like, oh, shit. she came in, she was like, so uh, I watched Murder by Numbers. I was like, yeah, Gosling, right? And she's like, yeah, Gosling, and like, fucking Michael Pitt. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, that's a good movie. I was like, I know. That's, that's that why movie. I told you to watch it. Sandra Bullock? God, it's a great film. She's like, I love the dynamic with Brad Pitt and, and or with Michael Pitt and, and, you know, Gosling. And I was like, well, yeah. Yeah. That's like one of the things I use for like my email to like send to agents. Because mm-hmm. like it's it's a weird thing you have to like catch their eye but not be like too like I'm trying to suck dick to give me a right. job. So you gotta like. Be but like, I oh. will. Yeah. No. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's like that's my PS. I was like, I know this doesn't sound like I'll suck your dick, but I will. But just so you know. <laughs> yeah. But but I'll, I'll do I it. I mean, and I'm not even gay, but right. I I'll do will. It. I will do it. Um. But that's like one of the things like you kind of have to find this weird line to be like, oh, I'm quirky and funny and showing you personality and also play the game, but not look like you're playing the game. It's really weird. See, that's the technique I'm going to have to learn. It's like dating a woman. It really is. Oh, 100%. It sounds like it's like dating a woman. Like these are the, that's the shit I did like in college, like when I was at Murray before I got fat. Like, (laughs) like this is the type of game I ran. It sounds like that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to have to fool these people. Like, Donald Trump fooled the American public. Like, that's what I'm going to have to do. Well, yeah. 24% of the country that he fooled, but... Right. You know, I mean, what, 24% that actually voted? Right, right. It's, yeah. I mean, it's it's not half liberals, but anyway, go ahead, Tanner. Story. Um, woman. The, you have a woman. It's yeah. Weird. And, dating, and talking to agents is like dating a woman. It's... It's really interesting, yeah, because, like, first off, this is the... You've seen me for some weird fucking relationships. Right. But, like, this is by far the weirdest relationship I've ever been yeah, in. The last one you had was particularly strange. It was a disaster. <laughs> a two and a half year went disaster. On, went on for a long, <laughs> weird time. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting It was an interesting thing. It was um, about as weird as her personality. Yeah, or, you know, life choices. I mean, I mean we're not going to say who she is, but... <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we can bleep that out, right? Um, but <laughs> dude, this is the weirdest one I've ever been in because, like, I here's here's one thing that's happened. I so I work in a an office in Beverly Hills that produces YouTube content. I work as an assistant right. director for Smosh and Smosh right. Games. We got an associate producer in to work under, to work in like my section in like right. my group. Tall girl, brunette, got her life together like like a woman, and then like walking around the office for a long time. I was like, man, 
I've never had that before. Someone who actually knows what they're doing, what they want in their life, and like got their shit together. So I got, I fell really into her. Okay. And then, of course. Why would you not? Yeah, exactly. And she's tall, so I, you know, love that was, mountains. That was half of Brooke's appeal is that she's like, uh, oh, I missed your joke there. Nice. I was going to ask something. I was going to ask if she was taller than you, if you were pulling a Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman yeah. thing. But I didn't want to embarrass you on the podcast. No, she's definitely taller than me. You should look at my Instagram. There's a photo from Halloween. Of you two together? Yeah, of us two together. What did she dress up as for Halloween? I was Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) And she she was my Oscar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, And you can see in the photo, like, I'm still, I'm kind of on my Mm tiptoes. And she's still, like, hunched over and, like, bending down. Um... I Brooke wanted me to be Leo from The Revenant, and she was going to be the icicle on my nose. That's what she, she wanted to do. I still haven't seen The Revenant. Still haven't oh, seen it. you fucking piece of shit. I know. Tell me about it. But, oh, dear God. All right. So it's a weird it's a weird thing, because like I started seeing her, and we had been seeing each other for like a couple of weeks. And then, so it had been maybe two weeks when she asked me to do that couple's um, costume for Halloween. And that was very much like, that's really early. I was like, right. that's like, we're two weeks into this thing. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I know it's really early, but this is a great idea that I had. Listen to it. And then Charlie Teen has like, fuck. <laughs> no, that's a really good idea. But again, this is really early. She's like, yeah, yeah, totally. And then we took that photo and she posted it to Instagram. In yeah. an Instagram, she said, Leo and his Oscar, uh, parentheses, girlfriend, and then posted it. And I was like, so I guess that's so a this is thing. A thing <laughs> yeah, that's like, oh, okay. And I was totally fine with it. She's like, so you're like, sweet. cool, so when are we going to fuck? <laughs> yeah, <like>, very sweet. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, great. And then, like, I figure out, well, I knew before going in that she was super Catholic. Like, mm-hmm. I was cool with that. Okay, whatever. Uh, you yeah. know, whatever. I don't... JFK dis- was Catholic. I yeah, mean, I don't discriminate. You know. He's dead now, so you know how well, that gets you. Well, um, you know, hopefully she doesn't get shot in the head in a convertible in Dallas. But who knows? Life is, life is fickle. <laughs> Full of surprises. <laughs> yeah. So um, so she's like very Catholic. And like she is like waiting till marriage for sex. And mm-hmm. she like wears a purity ring. Really? Yeah. See, now how did you find the one girl? How did you just yeah, happen to find... She could tell you were from Oklahoma. Like she yeah. could feel your oklahoma is dripping off of it. And she was like, oh, he's got to like not like black people. So I need to be with him. <laughs> I feel like he must I clearly like... be a person who separates Protestants from from Catholics. So mm-hmm. I've got to be with him. Mm-hmm. That's it. And like she, I don't know how she did it. She tricked me into it. And like so now he we're... looks like somebody who wants to have tons of unprotected sex. I've got to be with him. And that's exactly what I want. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and so obviously that's never going to happen. Right. Um. But it's like this super crazy thing that I've gotten into. Um. And like Catholicism. No, God, no. Or her. Uh, her. Oh, okay. okay. Like this relationship. Um, like the movie Her? Or Yeah. Listen, if it was that easy. Um, Listen, if I could just date Scarlett Johansson right. in audio form. Just her voice. If I could just date her voice. Oh, what is oh, that? Oh, it scared me. I will tell you. Hello. How dare you answer a fucking phone call later. Okay, great. Uh, call me if you need anything. Right. Was that your sister? That is my sister. She, um, within the last like, month, figured out, or she learned she has type 1 diabetes. Oh. And so she's like, not good. just, yeah, she's just learning how to deal with it and just like. I thought it. you guys weren't Native American. 
We are. Oh, turns out we are. Yeah. Okay. Well. Choctaw and Cherokee. So. Oh, so that's why she has diabetes. Yeah, okay, well, that makes sense. Reason. Well, <laughs> welcome to being Native American. So, um, But, she, yeah, she just learned she has diabetes. Um, so she's just learning, like, how insulin and, like, works and, like, how to monitor herself. And, right. like, over the last few nights, she's just been, like, dropping really low. And uh, last so night, she was like, "I'm just gonna call you and check in." Yeah, and she's okay. like, uh, she dropped below like seventy Ooh. or something, which I I don't know what that means. I think that's bad. Yeah, I, I, I mean, from what I understand, her entire life was bad up to this point because she's been functioning knowing. at like over two hundred, right. like blood sugar for right. like years. Well, it's like you before the diet, you before that little special diet you right. had when you the realized you were allergic to like seventeen things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you were like, Eat, oh. corn potatoes. Oh, <laughs> what do you know? I'm, yeah, I'm allergic to every food group in the world. And every blooming tree and flower in Oklahoma. And then now you've, now you've, <laughs> yeah. And then now you've been on that diet and folks, he looks amazing. I got to tell you, <laughs> he's, he looks fantastic. It's not like he gained a bunch of weight, but he looks amazing. He looks yeah. like a movie star now. It's, when, you, when you do that raw meat diet, oh. it gets, it gets real good after a while. Man. Uh, first two weeks is like hell. Right. After that, it's great. I remember you drinking the weird beer there for a while. You were very disappointed because you just started to get in the beer and then you found out you were oh, allergic yeah. to I wheat. Had, well, I was allergic to rye, coriander, and hops. Because, mm. like, that was it. So, oh, well, rye, coriander, and hops. You mean yeah, everything that's in beer. That's the fantastic. three essentials of beer. Oh, well. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and I also found out I was allergic to pussy. You know, I thought it was going to be weird, but turns out I like dick. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's whatever. Life life comes at you, and you just roll with what you got. Uh, <laughs> but for those of you, Tanner has a twin brother named Jesse, and they do. They're like they they are identical twins. We're fraternal. But they're fraternal, but they look right. a lot like they they look like identical twins, mm-hmm. folks. Um, and they played twins in my movie, but they uh, coming twenty seventeen. Oh Jesus. Um, <laughs> You know, I might have signed a distribution deal. I might be, and I'm in talks for a distribution deal right now. Oh shit, on hitters? Yeah, and it's gonna be. It might be at a theater pretty soon. It's gonna be interesting. I, I've got. We'll talk about it later. Um, That's super exciting. But they have a sister, Mm -hmm. a a Reisner sister, Mm -hmm. and unbelievably, she looks just like the both of them. And somebody told me, and I didn't believe it, but I saw her, and it's quite freaky it's terrifying isn't it because your sister is attractive and she's blonde but she looks like you and jesse <laughs> right in and the it's face. right in the face it's just like just from like a hairline to chin she looks like right this. and in then the everything face. else everything it's... else doesn't look like us at all um, i'm like tanner and jesse don't have boobs or an ass but that looks like tanner and jesse thighs the size of christmas hands <laughs> well she's well, see, you guys are shorter, mm-hmm. and so she's, of course, short and thick. She's built like right. a Mexican girl. That's mm-hmm. her body. She's built like B. She's very similar to, to my wife. That's but, fair, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the first time I saw her, I was like, that's, that's, I've never seen Tanner and Jesse with curves. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But she does. She looks like them, and it's kind of freaky. What's even funnier is, like, even moving to L.A., Jesse's still here in Durant. Right. But moving to LA, I still can't escape the twin thing because the office I work in. As soon as people find out you're twins, no. As soon as people that. find out you have a twin, they're like, "Yeah, Jerry Tanner has a twin." Well, now, now that's the thing because Jesse no. came and visited me, and I like oh, showed Jesus. him the office. But before that, there's a guy, uh, and you can look it up. His name is Shane Top. 
Yeah. He works for Smosh Second Channel. Everyone thinks we're twins. Like, I, so I started working in this office. Right. No one knows I have a twin. Mm-hmm. And then literally I'll be in the kitchen, like, um, toasting the bagel or something. And someone will come up and talk to me. Be like, hey, so I saw that video you guys put out last week. Right. I'm like, like you're oh. him. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I'll be ten minutes into a conversation not knowing that they think I'm him. And then they'll say, the character you played was great. And in the office, I'm not an actor. And so I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You've been talking to me for ten minutes thinking I'm Shane Top. Right. Please walk to the other side of the office. Don't talk to me for another 20 minutes. <laughs> Think about what you've done. <laughs> and come back to me. Um, but, like, he... Everyone thinks we're twins. And, like, even the internet. Like, I've been on multiple episodes of, like, Smosh and like, right. Smosh Games. The entire... Their whole fan base thinks I'm Shane Top. Like, every time I'm on screen, every time I'm in the office, people think I'm Shane Top. Right. And it's the weirdest thing that I can never escape the twin sphere. Like... It's so weird. Even here, even moving to California. Yeah. Right. That's oh, crazy. And so then you brought Jesse up there. Did you ever just like walk in with him together and just be like, hey, everybody? Yeah. Well, I didn't tell him he was coming in. And so like it was just Jesse, uh, Jesse and me. And I was showing him around, meeting, and, like having him meet some of the people around the office that I really enjoy. And um, we were standing in a hallway, and this girl. That works for this uh, YouTube channel called Clever TV. Yeah, uh, her name is Drew. Um, she's this uh, this African American woman. <laughs> okay. Uh, or black or whatever. I'm not. PC what? Is now. I'm not. I don't. Know what I PC don't. Because I, I don't think she's from Africa. But, I was not uh, complaining. <laughs> but anyway, whatever the PC culture is now on uh, her. But she um, she's walking down the hall and she like. Me and Jesse are just standing next to each other, waiting on someone. Yeah. And she passes us, stops in her tracks, walks backwards, looks at us, and goes, "Okay, I'm about to ask you something, and it's about to get really weird." And we're like, "Okay." And she's like, "I have a lot of white friends, and like you all look the same to me, like, but like, do you guys realize you look exactly alike?" And we're like, "Yeah, true." We're siblings. Like, this is my twin brother, Drew, Jesse, Jesse, Drew. Just right. Like, oh, thank God. I was trying not to be racist, but I just felt super racist. I was like, well, yeah, Drew, you kind of were. But like, <laughs> but like, well, if, if she said that, then you can call her a black girl. That's yeah, fine. Okay. I, that's just, the rule, I believe. That's <laughs> yeah, what the so, PC rule is. You know, once they're racist at you, you then you can, can call them black. black. It's, right. it's fit, yeah. Uh, so, you, good thing for you, Drew. Jesse likes black girls. That's true. Jesse does I mean, not. I, I also do like black girls. I don't discriminate. I, I also like black girls, um, but I'm married, so that's Only unfortunate. On that's <laughs> unfortunate. Well, listen, my wife's on the podcast. She'll be on the podcast from time to time, so. Oh, great. We just won't tell her in this episode. Uh, but no, I, I love Lauren Hill. I think Lauren Hill is fucking gorgeous. Corinne Bailey Ray. Oh, goodness. I don't know what any of these people are talking about. Well, see, that's because you don't really like black women like I do. Too. I guess not. I guess not. No, anyway, uh, so, yeah, so work is, yeah, tell me, finish telling me more about Smosh. Uh, Smosh is great. It's like the perfect day job. And okay. I find it weird saying that because I'm there five days out of a week. Right. Um, but they're great because, like, I get to make narrative content and, like, sketch mm-hmm. comedy as well as, like, reality, like, fun jackass shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I get to assistant direct that, 
And, and yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, you moved up to assistant directing and being a producer, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought you were talking about making the transition into doing acting for them rather than well, see, here's what being happened. talent. I, I yeah, guess yeah. I say. Here's what happened. So um, I did talk to one of my bosses for a while because I was no, originally only with Smock Games, which is more and he was fine with it, right? He was he was fine with it. He um, he just knows my track that I want, which is narrative acting, acting. right? And he, um, he was like, that's fine. If you want to be on screen for Smosh Games, like that's right. great. We can talk about it. But I know you're an actor, and this is technically reality TV. He's like, and that's a stigma I don't want to put on you. Right. And so he was very kind and like very like open about it. And I was like, actually, that kind of makes sense. Like, There's not a lot of reality stars that do well like trying to transition over to um, yeah. film. I was like, no, that's fair. Like, he's thinking about it. And, like, um, so I told him that I didn't want to do the reality side. But if he had, since he's close with Smosh anyway, yeah. sure, but if there's any way I need to start doing stuff with Smosh, I would love that. And I do know that they are in talks and, like, uh, trying to find good, like, roles for me in Smosh sketch videos. Right. Um, but while that's happening, I'm assistant directing on both channels. And then <clears throat> whenever we don't have a producer, for something, or um, we're running low on hands, I help produce multiple shows through. Yeah, I saw you on that. What was that one that was picked up by uh, Funny or Die? Was it picked up by Funny or Die? That one that you were in? Oh, like a while a while back? Uh, yeah, that was a, w- a while back, yeah. Oh, that was um, Girl Pants Productions? Is that the one you are talking yeah, about? Yeah, but it was picked up by... Oh, yeah, it was picked up by like HuffPost. Um, and Funny or Die or Funny something. Funny or Die, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that one. That was, uh, what was that one called? Uh, that People one, can very easily see you in that. Oh, what was that one? That one was... I mean, um, you can check him out on IMDb. He has an IMDb. That's true. You'll see a lot of my stuff on there. Yeah, he and I've noticed that. Yeah, you have a lot of like updated stuff on there, and I'm like, geez. He's, yeah. Our, uh, you're getting more star power than me on IMDb, yeah. and I don't like it. <laughs> our, uh, our producing team is incredible. They do really, really good work on making sure everyone's credited very well. Um, but, oh, man, what was that? Um... You're not talking about the Thanksgiving one, are you? I don't know. No, it was like uh, something, something is like blah, blah, blah. It was, I think it was kind of slightly political, maybe. I don't know. Oh, it was probably like um, uh, anti-vaxxers. That's probably right, right, what right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, Girlfriends Productions um, did this sketch video. It was how anti-vaxxers sound to normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that. There we go. Yeah, it was one yeah. of those videos. Yeah. Very political. <laughs> we got a very lot, one of those videos. Yeah. We got a lot of like hate comments. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, wow. you should have seen it. Wow. Uh, like a couple death threats. Um, <laughs> Seriously? We, we got a lot of like you are sheeple. Like, oh Jesus! Like how dare you? Like be sheeple. You People need to calm it down. Cucks. Just chill out. Like, Cuckolds. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Those those. Uh, alt-right those alt-rightists loving the cuckold word it's so funny to me i don't i don't necessarily understand that i kind of understand what cuckold means but those alt-right kids man they They love that word and i can't i'm like i don't quite understand that but yeah it's it's same with me like i i think it's hilarious because Mm. what kind of word is cuck right like they just shorten it instead of cuckold it's cuck now right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and so like I think that's just such a, 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 such a funny word, but I don't really understand why yeah. that they did it. Um, I love your facial hair, by the way. I thank love you. I, I uh, you know, the first thing Tanner did when he got to, to LA is get a great haircut. Mm-hmm. Like he start, you started having great hair. 
Mm-hmm. And folks, let me tell you, like he was rocking like old school, like Brad Pitt from Interview with the Vampire, long hair. Yeah. And it was very, it looked very tanner. I mean, he was wearing flannels all the time. Well, see, like, he says he it was very tanner. like surfer, like <laughs> he was very like surfer Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. So and it was great. You know, a lot of no shirt wearing. It was very fantastic. But right. then he gets there, and he gets very streamlined, and he gets very movie starish, right. and he gets this great haircut that's a lot shorter, but it's like this '90s like teen star thing, and it just looks fucking it's great. Literally, it looks, what I went in with, and I said, it I "Looks want, great." I want a '90s heartthrob haircut <laughs> that's like. So I, w- I want to look as if I could be on the cover of Tiger Beat. Right. And it just... <laughs> or Seventeen Magazine. Right. It looked fantastic, though. It looks great. But now he started doing this thing where he grows the facial hair out. And I saw it on social media, mm-hmm. and I wasn't, like, sold on it on right. social media. But I see it in person, and I like it. See? I, like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, like, people with the blondish hair or dirty blonde hair growing out the facial hair, but it, it looks good. See? And it I appreciate good. that, because I ain't, like... Always, because, as well as the short hair, because right. it took me, um, I mean, it was at least nine, ten months living in L.A. before right. I cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I still don't really know what I'm doing with short hair. Right. And then so now, uh, because it's only been within the last, like, two months I've actually been able to grow facial hair. Everything yeah. else is, like, before that was non-existent. Um, or it was, like, white and, like, really thin. Yeah. Um, so I'm at that point now, like testing it out, yeah. and I'm always like controversial about it. I'm always like, um, you Not know, sure like wishy washy. Yeah, right. I'm always wishy washy about it. So it's good to hear people say that they like it. I do, I do. It looks really good. Yeah. yeah I mean, immediately I saw the haircut and I was like, oh, it's so good. Damn it! Why can't I? I I I I am I'm Native American, so I have like very Asian people type hair, mm-hmm. but it's very thin. Like, Asian people's hair is usually really thick. Yeah. And I know a lot of Indians that have hair that is really thick. Mm-hmm. But my particular tribe, I guess, I don't know, is just very fine, very uh, straight hair. Cherokee? And, my, and no, Chickasaw. Chickasaw. I, I, I'm thinking it's Chickasaw because my mother has the same exact hair. Yeah, it's got to be. And, and her family has the same exact hair as I do. Right. And if you're a girl, it sucks because you have really thin hair that you can't do much with. If you're a guy, it sucks too. I don't think I'm going to go bald. My grandpa was incredibly bald. I don't think I'm going to go bald because I'm already 30 and I'm still not bald. But it just has gotten a little thinner Mm -hmm. right in the front on the top. And it's just going to stay like that for the rest of my life. It's really fucking annoying. And I can't do anything with it. I literally have to do the not fixed look at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it just is, I just don't just touch it. And I have to keep it short. Because yeah. if it grows long at all, I look like a bum. I look yeah, dirty. Yeah. And if I if my facial hair is like this, where it's just slightly stubbly, I look like I look dirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can do trashy. it. You can do it and it's like, oh, he's looking pretty stylish and cool. Yeah, but yeah. if I do the stubble, it's like, oh, he looks like a dirty Mexican. <laughs> what is going on? Who's that dirty Mexican? Oh, he probably has a switchblade. Why is he working behind the camera? Oh. What is he yeah. doing? Yeah, so I have to look incredibly clean-shaven all the time and short-haired, or I just look gross and dirty. I just, yeah. It's unfortunate, folks. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, what is, what, what was the word you said? Um, incredibly bald. Right, right. What is the difference between bald well, and incredibly bald? Because, you know, some people go bald on the sides, and then, like, they get a little patchy in the back, right, but, but they think... still have it here. But he was oh. just, like, whole top gone. 
just like, like, she, like she just whole it. top gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all he had was these little sides and back parts. Oh, like a and prior, it, like yeah, like a prior yeah, and it was low cut. Even that was low cut because no, it went. Why, why would you do and, that? And I saw pictures of him like as a, he died recently. He died like a, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And and I loved my grandpa, folks, because he was like super Christian, yeah, super yeah, yeah. uber Christian, but like the right type of Christian, yeah. like like Corey Williams, where he mm. just kind of yeah. got it. He kind of understood. Oh, this is the point of what we're supposed to do. Right. I see. We're supposed to be kind to people and non-judgmental. Oh. So right. he got that, and it was great. But he had, like, just super... I mean, it was just like a dome with, right. like, a little bit of hair on the sides and back. And Ancient all his scene. brothers are like that, too. And I yeah, saw yeah, a yeah. senior picture of him from, like, 1956. Jesus. Senior picture of him. And he was, like, already bald. <laughs> like, already starting to go <laughs> like bald. 18. He had, like, a flat top, because that was cool at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was already, like, incredibly starting to go thin and bald. And that was at 18. And I'm like, okay, I'm 30. My dad has a really thick head of like super Italian style hair. Mm. So I think I'll be all right. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. But it's just incredible. It's thin enough that I can't really put gel in it because then it looks thinner. So I can't can't really do it. I really want an undercut, which is, yours is like a long undercut. Like Mm -hmm. it's kind of got, I I really want to do that, but I can't. Can't do anything with it. I can't. Yeah. I'm just cursed. You're just stuck. I just have to leave it. You're it's just, stuck just how it is. pitiful. Anyway, let's go more. Let's talk about your girlfriend. We talked about oh, where you were. Let's talk about. Finish. Tell me about the girlfriend. Well, she is. Um, like I said, she's Catholic. Um, so that means like no, like nothing. And like, she takes it seriously. Then. Oh, she's yeah. She's, she's very serious. serious. About it. Like the um, the first, she doesn't consider it a date, but I consider just like talking as a like. Right. Like, talking on the phone right. to me is like a date. Right. Um, but, like, she did, doesn't consider it a date. But, like, when we first started actually seeing each other, um, she invited me out for an Oktoberfest mm-hmm. event uh, that was at her church. And oh. it was, like, on her college campus. Because um, she went to USC for film. She went to, oh, yeah, she went to USC wow. for film. Yeah. So then you need to, like, get me acquainted with your girlfriend that apparently... Yeah, 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 and you need to hold on to this girl so I can have a contact in the industry. Is what you're telling Correct. me. Correct, and she's she's, uh, in, and she's Catholic, she and my dad is Catholic. Really? He I went didn't to he went to Catholic school. Oh shit! Yeah, she I, went to growing up. She only went to private Catholic school. I could carouse with her all yeah. day long. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you could. Let's she's, hope she becomes a successful producer. Oh, uh, she will. She's uh she's extremely talented. The USC she, for exactly film. That's great. Yeah. yeah, she went for production, film production. According to Brett Easton Ellis, like most of the like film school graduates now from mm-hmm. USC and stuff, they don't want to be directors at all. They want to be producers. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, so that's, that's good. Where, I mean, because yeah, yeah. That means I mean, less. you always got to have contacts. Yeah. You know. Um, and like that's where like all the money is is like is producing. producing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why like you see like everyone like executive producer. See, folks, and that's why I don't care about being a producer because I don't care about money. Right. I just exactly. Want no, enough yeah. to survive in California. And keep doing what you love. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's my feeling as well. But, like, I mean, that's, like, the crazy thing is, like, even Denzel Washington, I went and saw, like, a a screening for his new movie, Fences. Oh, Zell? Was that movie good? I was asleep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, answers that. Well, well, here's the thing. Um, I can't say whether it was good or bad, now, especially what, if I was asleep. Whether it was good or bad, though, you know just from watching the previews, as I've seen the previews, that Denzel looks 
fucking amazing in yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, f- epic, uh, as always. And he's, he's and great. what's her name? The girl who's in it with him that plays his uh, wife. Viola Davis. Viola Davis, yeah. She looks fucking great in it, too. Yeah, she But does. she's always great, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, what a cast. They did yeah. good with that. So to me, well, I was like, the... I don't understand the story that's going on here, mm-hmm. but the acting looks phenomenal. Well, and see, here's that's the thing about, about like, all the actors is because the show is actually um, a play, a stage mm. play by August Wilson. Now that makes sense. Yeah, it was that a stage play by August Wilson, and he did, like, right. um, I want to say it was based out of Philadelphia. And he did, like, ten plays that he wrote based out of, like, um, Philadelphia and like living right. as a black man in Philadelphia. Okay, up. see now if you see now when you say it's a slice of life film that's based on a stage play, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, all right, yeah. that makes well, sense. Well, and see all the actors that are in it, like Denzel, Viola Davis. Um, I cannot remember the the, the other guy's name, the younger guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, all the older cast mm-hmm. in that movie did the Broadway version. Like, Denzel did the, like, he toured with it. Viola Davis toured with it. Um, Yeah, he does do stage occasionally. I forgot about that. Yeah, and that was, like, his big thing, his big one. Um, And And I'm sure he's great on stage. Oh, I'm sure sure he's great. Yeah, I'm sure it's fucking... Um, So, like, the whole cast that was in it knew the show. They've been doing the show for the last decade. Yeah, so it wasn't anything. So well, yeah. 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 Uh, So they really hit home with it. And I um, I was awake for the first 20 minutes, and that was, like, my first day off. Um, in two weeks I had worked 13 right. days straight and so that was my first day off and it was actually not my day off it was uh, right after work going right. into my day off and so uh, that was the first time I actually sat down in 13 days so I sat down in the chair watched the movie for 20 minutes watched Denzel <laughs> do great work the first 20 minutes fell asleep, <laughs> fell asleep. woke up for the last like 30 minutes mm-hmm. in the middle of like one of Viola Davis's like incredible monologues or in incredible mm-hmm. scenes, mm-hmm. watched it, and I was like, wow, this acting is incredible. I only wish I had seen what was happening before this to see, like, how they got to, like, this incredible, like, scene work. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the last, the last half hour, which I watched, was incredible. The first 20 minutes was great, um, and the cast knows exactly what they're doing. And a friend that I went with, who's a cinematographer, mm-hmm. um, he loved it, and he's like right. a very big like film critic. Uh, he loved the movie; he thought it was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the Q and A afterwards was great. Denzel knew exactly what he wanted to say, and like right. uh, how he wanted to say it. So, I heard a thing about uh, two things here. You mentioned cinematography and then mm-hmm. Denzel, but uh, Denzel. Um, I was listening to Ethan Hawke talk about acting with Denzel, oh, like really? in Train Spotting, and uh, then of course in Training um, Day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I said train spotting. What the <laughs> fuck? <movie. laughs> what the fuck? Um, yeah, I, I'm clearly too much Crown Royal here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in uh, Training Day, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a kicker. Oh man, uh, yeah, in Training Day, and then in that new one, they're in uh, the uh, uh, what is it called? What is that called? It's by the guy who did Southpaw and Training Day. It's by the same guy that did Southpaw and Training Day. The oh, new one that they were in together, they, where it's a western. Oh, coming up! It's not out yet. No, it's out yet. It already came out. Like oh, it came it? out like six months ago. Uh, oh, it's um the the X. What is it called? Excalibur? No, what is that? It used to be a western TV show in the sixties or seventies. What is? Anyway, uh, they were in that western together. The the. Oh God damn it! Anyway, 
So Magnificent Seven. Yeah, there we go. Magnificent Seven. Yeah. So they were in that together too, which we saw, and it was good. wasn't bad. Um, but uh, Ethan Hawke was talking about acting with Denzel, and he said uh, it was on Mark Maron. And, yeah. And he said, uh, you know, what's that like? I bet that's intense working with Denzel because yeah. he's intense. And he's like, oh man. He's like, you. He's like, you. You have to know. He said, I, I'm glad because somebody warned me going in. He's like, but. You have to know that if you're gonna do a scene with Denzel, if you don't come in prepared, he will run you over. Yeah. And he does not even care. He will. He will just, just destroy you in the scene and does not even care. Yeah. Like you've got to come fully prepped and ready to Which go. Because if you love. don't, he will run you the fuck over. And I was like, that is fantastic. Well, see, like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That, like. like I, fucking love that you gotta come ready to just tear the scene apart with him because if you don't my like my biggest pet peeve on if you don't try to equal his strength right you will just be weak as fuck and that's my biggest pet peeve on set because i feel like if i'm like the only guy that's off book and like knows the scene um i feel like i have to play down right to like the other people right like not because like i'm better than them or anything but it's like you're not like you haven't studied it and right. you don't know the line, so you're still working through it as right. we're doing it. Yeah. So we can't have that connection. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I always feel like we like Well, down. and you're such the actor that's like, I, I'm here for the scene, I'm here for the moment. Right. And I've if you don't act with me, I can't act. Right, yeah, exactly. Right. Like if like, yeah. if someone's not there with me, I'm like lost. Right. You're you're the ultimate give and take. If you're not right. gonna give me anything, I can't I can't take anything. Um Tanner has been in every movie that I've done, folks. Uh, uh, basically, this last except time. for Bluff, but Bluff is still filming. Oh shit! So I mean, it's still like, listen. Here's the deal with Bluff. Listen. So listen. I ended up self-funding, uh, mm-hmm. and next week we're filming with Toby. And oh, next I thought you already filmed with Toby. Next week, folks, we'll have Toby on the Toby K on the podcast. Uh, yeah, let me just but, tell you, I am in love with that. She let's is not have her listen to this, but fantastic. I she's she's wonderful. She's wonderful. And Brooke kinda gets jealous almost a little right. bit, but then she chills out because she hung out with us one night. Oh yeah. And then saw how like we just sat out there in the garage oh, and so smoked and drank. And uh, last time she stayed, she stayed the night with us mm-hmm. when we filmed. But uh, she's really awesome and cool, and she's also beautiful, and she's also a really good actress. She's super, talented. and she's also very strong. And mm-hmm. I'm like, what do you? What? Yeah, yeah. Like, come on. Like, where? Where's a weakness here? Come right. on. Like, you can't I, find one. That's the thing, with Toby. You just can't find a weakness, and it's incredible. Like, when she was when she was dating Nick, and the first time I met her, like she wa- like walk she was just she just like walked in the yeah. <laughs> I'm so upset. Uh, I'm still a little tender about that. Yeah. No, uh, she walked in the room and like sat down and was just like, "Hey," and I like looked over and I was like, "What is your deal? What is this? What's going on here?" Because you seem super confident, and mm-hmm. I don't. I don't quite understand it. I mean, you're right. super. You're you're ve- you're very good looking. And, and like, I can see why. But like, confident. but like, what is all this about? I don't right. understand that. What's going on here? So then I would kind of push her, like I do, and she just kept just pushed just pushed back and kept it going. Yeah, and I'm like, didn't stop. Who is this? Mm-hmm. Who is this? Where did this girl come from, Nick? Where did you pull this one out of? Like mm-hmm. this is, 
And then and then Nick later she leaves and I was like, who is this girl? Because I, I wasn't gonna be right. like that in front of her. But as soon as she left, I was like, Nick, who the fuck is this girl? What is this? What is this going on? And, uh, and he was like, oh, that's Toby. She's uh, she's friends with blah blah blah. She comes down sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, she's from comes Durant. down. Where is she from? And she, he's like, she's from Durant. And I was like, what? What? Where there's no girls like this in Durant. Where right. did you Where did you find her? And and uh, he's like, oh, she goes to college at you know at OCU. And I was like, how old is she, Nick? And he's like, uh, she's like eighteen. And I'm like, right. what? Like that's a weird. Eighteen, twenty seven at the time. Right. Well, <laughs> that's the weird. Part. Yeah, that that was weird. But just the fact that she's, she's eighteen, and I'm he like, got her shit so what? Eighteen. OU as well. Yeah, I miss you. Might do some online stuff. I don't know. Um, But I was like eighteen, and he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "What the fuck is? What is this?" Like, Mm -hmm. and she's got like this very weird. I put her in bluff as like kind of the Sharon Stone type Mm -hmm. of role, right? Right. Because I met her once and saw her confidence, and I was like, as we as I was writing bluff, right. I was like, okay, so I could, this is this is my basic Allie role right here. Yeah, I yeah. put Allie in this. But I knew Allie wasn't going to do it because right. Allie is like still sensitive about hitters and being weird. Right, right. And I'm like, Allie, you realize, you know, she's like, I just, but I was like, you know, I was in my underwear in that scene and I don't feel comfortable with it. And I'm like, Allie, you realize that is the most beautiful scene in the film, right? right. You realize that I've got nothing but compliments on how beautiful, from women, how beautiful that scene is and elegant looking. And she's like, yeah, but I'm just in my underwear and I'm not sure how I feel right. about it. And I'm like, Allie, God damn it. You and fucking. After we're done talking about this, remind me about this because yeah. that is a huge thing that I want to talk about. It's oh, like okay. fucking like. Um... Her scene? No, no, not even her scene, but like the way people feel about like scenes. Like um, scene yeah. work, say, is yeah, like yeah, yeah. in their underwear because that's like actually something that I've been talking about with a lot of people recently. But. But. Toby, super confident. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, this is my Allie role. This, this, this role that I'm writing here in Bluff is my yeah. Allie role, obviously. And then I'm like, well, if Allie doesn't do it, I could, oh, I could have Courtney do it. Right. Because it, it is supposed to be like a blonde, like, you know, like a blonde femme fatale who's very, right. like, all-American looking. And then Courtney do it and dress her up. But then I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, oh, this is Toby. And then the yeah, rest yeah, of the yeah. film, I just wrote it as Toby, as Toby and was like, I've got to contact her. And so, like, the moment I contacted her, she was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, ah. I figured you would. Yeah, yeah. So then I sent her the stuff and she was like, no, I'm up for this. And I was like, I bet you are. Yeah. So it's very like Sharon Stone-esque. So then she comes in and I told her to watch some certain stuff, but then she comes in and just owned Kills it. it. Just yeah. own that scene. Like we did one take and I was like, okay, we're done. I don't, I don't, we're done. Yeah, we're guess, good, buddy. Let's know, go home. That's, uh, that's a martini shot. Yeah. Uh, we're good. Um, but I had her do it like two more times. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, just do the same thing in this next scene. Just, just do the same thing. This just, next just take. And she stop. was like, and she was like, all right. And exact same. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus. Like- and, then, and then the third time I was like, why don't you just push it a little bit and be super intense. And she was like, okay. And then it was just like intense. And I was yeah. like, God damn it. What yeah, the fuck is happening? But yeah, and we did like three, four takes, and that was it. Yeah. And it took all of about fifteen minutes. Yeah. And I was like, "Are Damn. you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, yeah. Like after hitters, I was like, 
Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. 15 <laughs> minutes to film this one scene? I dragged out a goddamn monitor for this. Right. I have two cameras set up. We're doing a two-camera setup now. I have all the... And you're telling me we did this for 15 minutes of filming, Toby? <laughs> I took a half day to come and prep these lights and prep this camera. And you're telling me I only spent 15 yeah. minutes Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made this look like a goddamn TV studio from the 60s. And you're telling me 15 minutes is right. all you need for this. Yeah. So then we do the other scene where she has to kind of like, it's like we filmed it from like here up. So she had, I was like, okay, so this is supposed to be kind of sexy. So you might want to like just pull down the shirt a little bit mm-hmm. like here. And she's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, perfect, yeah. And, and I was like, okay. So she's just, and she was very Sharon Stone-esque, yeah. I noticed in the thing. And I was like. Okay, I have a Sharon Stone now in my yeah. hands. I've I've pulled a Sharon Stone type of confidence, and, and it's so just that's what I love me. so much about her is like she's so willing to do whatever she needs to for the role, as, mm-hmm. like as long as it fits the role, right? Like she's one of the like and she's not afraid to say like if uber it's super professional, role, yeah, right. like super co- professional, and if like it doesn't fit the role, she's not afraid to be like this character would do that, right? But if it does call for it, she's like. Down, I'm and, down, and I'm well. like, and I'm like, listen, I know this part is kind of sexual, but like, if you just the sooner you're professional, the sooner we can get over this, right? And 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 credit to Allie when we filmed that scene in Hitters, mm-hmm. super professional because right. she was like determined to be on her game because she wasn't a theater actress, right? She wasn't an actress at all, and she knew that like her being picked was special, right. So she just came in and was like, ready to do it. Let's just film it. It's just me and you. Let's do this. Right. And it was great. But, like, then she saw it after and became a little embarrassed. And right. was like, oh, I'm not, I no. don't know. About, I, feel weird. I feel weird about being exposed like that. Right. And, the, you know, I don't. And I'm like, Ali, you know that art is about exposing yourself, right? I don't know if you know that. Oh. But uh, oh. when you do art, Ali, you kind of have to take your your feelings and your in your heart and just kind of throw it out there and it sucks but yeah. you know you got to but uh she did uh, and she so you know but toby like even when we came down to like the scenes that were weirder or like yeah, yeah, yeah. she didn't make it weird didn't like very professional make it like wasn't being flirty or right. making it she was just like all right let's do this and then and then just turned it on for whatever that yeah. and then went off and then we were laughing again and i'm like okay this is yeah this right. is fine this is what I wanted. Thank exactly. you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm filming with her next week for the second, her second big scene yeah. in the interrogation thing. Oh great! But um, uh, she's supposed to come out to LA in that's, March. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, and I told her we were moving out in April, April, and she was very happy. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, I'll be out there," and I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, we'll work again. Don't worry." Yeah. Oh man, I'm don't so worry. To I'll her. put you in something else. I was supposed to see her when I was out here, but she came into town yeah. on Friday, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, not Christmas Eve, but the day before Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And I was with family, so I didn't get to see her all weekend. And like, I wanted to so bad, just because she's right. like one of the sweetest, like most genuine people, mm-hmm. and I'm in love with her. <laughs> like, like, uh, I just wanted to see her really bad, but uh, we didn't get together, and so I told her uh, when she's in LA, we'll have to meet up for spring break. Right. I, I B started out being kind of jealous because B gets jealous easy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was like, I was like, which makes sense. I mean, you know, if you know me, 
It, it yeah. makes a lot Knowing of sense. Knowing you, it makes a lot of sense. It would, that Knowing she would be, be jealous easily. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I was like, listen, you don't have to be jealous of Toby. I promise you. I, yeah. I have, I have, and I didn't say this to her, but I was like, I have what's called an artistic boner for her. So yeah, you yeah. don't have to like... Which is like the only boner I And that's probably before. not good to say. Right. That's probably not good to say. But I was like, now you got to understand, like when you're a director and you find actors that you really like, it makes you really excited. Right. You get because you find those excited. actors that kind of get what you're doing, that start to get it. Right. I was like, it's like Tanner. And you should have seen me early on with Tanner. And I just put Tanner in everything because I was like, oh, Tanner gets this. Tanner will get this. He'll yeah. know what I'm doing. Um, and I was like, it's exciting. And I, and I said, and when you're a director and you find your actors or you find your camera that you really like or you mm -hmm. find your lens that you really like or your shot – you get really like you're like really excited like it almost feels like a it's a, it's like you get obsessive about the things that you really like right. so when you find your actors you're obsessive about them for a time while you're doing the film yeah and then you move on but she hung out with us and stayed the night with us and then B kind of like hung out with us the whole night and then B mm -hmm. and then after Toby left B was like I, I, I get it now I get what you're like She's to, like Toby's really awesome and I'm like yeah. Yeah, and she's like, oh, I get it now. She's like, and you you don't flirt with her. You don't flirt with her at all. You're like very like, you you tease in a very like sibling way. And I was like, yeah, I yeah 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 because she's yeah mm -hmm. she gets it, and we just are kind of same wavelength thing. And she was like, yeah, she's really cool. And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So she kind of got it after that, and then it was fine. Right. But so yeah. But you'd like the other actress, too, that's in Bluff. Which uh, one? Her name is Kirby Kelso. Kirby Kelso? Kelso. Kelso. What a great acting name. And, that's, and that's her real name. That's Kirby not, No, it's not. She's lying Kelso. To me. She's that lying is to me. her real fucking name. I met Charlie. Yeah. Supposed Charlie's. To it, Charlie, to, Charlie was playing Kirby's part. Right. But moved yeah. to L.A. before you guys filmed. Right. Uh, I met her. And Vic, like, I'm so sad. I keep... I met her when she first moved out. We hung out. We went to karaoke, uh, like one night, and then she was basically living. Here in... is Kirby. That's her. that's what Kirby looks like. Oh, okay. She looks great. Yeah, that and 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 she did. That, that's her from the movie. That's a screenshot. From yeah, it looks great. It's a great yeah, screenshot. it's it's. I love that shot. I love that whole shot and sequence. That's mm -hmm. I fucking love that so much. But if you notice, I've started to be with the new like software update for yeah. this editing system that I work with. I've, I'm able to make my cinematography look like my pictures. That particular style right. with my pictures that's very that's like, like... I just literally thought this was yeah. a still that you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. able to make it look like that now. And I'm like, oh no. Oh, now I have my look. Cinematography. <laughs> coming up Millhouse. <laughs> and then that's like the shot that everybody is like, oh, I love that. That is a great shot. shot. And I and I made yes. it widescreen. I shot in widescreen now, and I'm Damn like it, I'm like I'm shooting in in cinemascope now. Why are you like like it's fucking like great? You're finally, like coming into like, like the you full know what you yeah. Know, right? like, no, like exactly. I walked into this film going, okay, I know what I'm doing right here. This is fine. I know exactly right. what I want. Uh, let me show you where's Toby's screenshots. I'll show you Toby's screenshots. And that's the thing, like uh, listeners out there. That's Toby's the thing screenshots from is, her. Oh yeah. And then if you go over one, you'll see her other one. That one? 
Yeah, that's yeah. the it cuts back and forth between that. Yeah, you can see her eyes are like she's, yeah. she's into it. Yeah, right. that's the part that killed me. Like right. when she would get to the parts where she would be like she would be like drifting off, like supposed to be thinking about right. Kirby, she'd be like, Yeah, and then she'd be like, But, you know, I have to and then it, she'd right. come and her Just eyes would be it. dilated and I'd be like, Oh fuck, we're getting into a real moment here. <laughs> yeah. uh, see, like, guys, this is what you have to know about Joel. And that's what I told her. I was like you know, whatever you have to think about. Right. Go, go think Jesus. about whatever you need to. But, uh, yeah. This is what you have to learn about Joel. Up until this movie, Joel's creative process is like he, he somewhat knows what he wants. And then at the editing, he's like, oh, I think I wanted this a different way. Right. And then he, like, he works it and he does great with it. But like at the editing, he's like, oh, I should have done it this way because I think this is what I actually wanted. Right. And then this film... The one film that I'm not in, he it's, comes in head first and is like, I know exactly what Yeah, I've finally honed it. Yeah, I've right. finally gotten to where I'm comfortable and I've honed it down to right. kind of that exact. Found exactly like yep. your your style and like what you want. But yeah, it's... Did I know, ever tell you... Um, and it, this, took a, it takes a long time, but that's, yeah. what I, that's what you gotta do. This can be totally off the record uh, for Nick's sake, okay. but did I ever tell you about when Nick... Uh, first hooked up with Toby? No. I was so mad Do I at want Nick Grohl. Uh, yeah, well, me and Nick were talking about that one day because I was telling him about Toby being in the film and he was like, he was like, oh yeah, and blah, blah, we were talking about it. And he told me about that one day and I was like, I never knew that. I never knew that like you had a thing for Toby. And he just kind of mentioned it offhand and I was like, oh. That's... Well, like, oh, see, I grew up with Toby. Kind of. Right. Well, I grew up with her brother. Well, because she's from here. Right, yeah. she's from Durant. And so, like, I grew up with her. Um, but here's the thing what happened. Um, I think she's, like, fucking sexy. I think she's, like, talented, which is, like, right. a huge boner for me. But, like, um, she was in the Shakespearean Festival. She was doing OSF. And yeah. then at the after party, I knew the whole time that, like, all summer, her and Nick were going to be a thing. And, like, yeah. totally into that. Like, I love Nick. Um He's doing that thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, Fine. Okay. Um, and so they're going to do that, and I'm like totally cool with it. Do you want me to take all of this off the record here? No, I really, I, I really don't care, but like, okay. you'll, you'll right. listen to it, and you'll see if you think it should go off the record. Right. Okay. Um, so here's what happens. We're at the, the, like the rap party for that, and we're all having drinks, having a good time. Me knowing the... All night that he's gonna go. This, by the way, this, by the way, is a freeze frame of a shot in the film during the credit sequence that happens for like one fifth of a second. Yeah, I I freeze framed it on that subliminal message that happens. Subliminal message that happens in the fucking fucking credits that happens for like a fifth of a second. That that screenshot is so good (laughs) to me. It's fucking stupid. (laughs) But yeah, that's what the... You should see the opening credit sequence. That's what it looks like the whole time. It's got this like animated... uh, It's it's stupid. It's stupid. Anyway, what happened is we were at this rap party. We'd all been having drinks. And Nick, for some fucking reason, yeah. like he knows I'm into Toby, yeah. and like, um, and uh, he tells Toby because you know in college, like I had my shirt off for every fucking play. Oh, of course, like I was right. that guy. Of course, and uh, he basically 
basically. Tan- Tanner was the wild, sexual, raw predator. Like, the just the raw, sexual, animal, male right. sexuality of our group for so long, folks. It's like the first time I found my sexuality, so I was like, fuck yeah, I'm doing this. this I'm and just, like, I'm, I'm fine with this. Yeah, like, I'm into it. He was like naked playing bongos, it was, you know. Yeah, it was a thing. But like, he literally tells her, he mm-hmm. says, Tanner is... If you ask Tanner for him to show you his dick, he will show it to you. Like, that's literally what he says. What, it's what Nick does. <laughs> and, like, as he's trying to get with this girl, the, he tells the her, worst. Yeah. As he's trying to get with her, he tells her, this other guy yeah. will show you his penis. If you ask him. If, if you, you ask, ask him. him. And by the way, it's really nice. Yeah. Like, and like, by the way, you should ask. Well, like, take it in. He literally, she, she says, are you. Really? And he goes, yeah, no, totally. Like, go do it. Do it. Ask him to show you his dick. And I was oh, like, Jesus. And so she comes into, uh, like, the living room where I'm hanging out with some people. And she goes, Tanner, I have a question for you. And I go, not knowing what this is. And I go, yeah, sure. Like, go ahead and ask me. And she goes, no, no, it's a private question. And I go, oh, she actually called your bluff. No, she totally did. <laughs> see, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's... It's not a bluff. That doesn't surprise me. No. I mean, that's, I gotta be honest with you. That sounds like Toby. Here's what happened. <laughs> so I, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. That so sounds like, like Toby. Yeah. And she comes in, she's like, no, it's a private question. And I go, okay. So she drags me into the bathroom, shuts the door. And Had like, she been drinking at all? Or was this just. Probably. Like, okay. Yeah. Right. And like, she, like... Um, and she looks at me, and I'm super confused while we're both in the bathroom. Folks, we we have Toby. We'll have Toby K on next week, and she will confirm. Oh God! Yeah. Or deny this yeah. <laughs> this whole story. So we'll see. And she literally she looks me in the eyes and says, "Nick told me if like I ask you to show me your dick, you'll show it." And like oh, my mind is racing in like a hundred different directions because I'm like. Oh God! I've been waiting for this for like the last five years, and you're like, like I don't know if I can do it, and then no, your then your literally. penis starts shrinking, and you're like, my, here's what happened. So <laughs> she she looks at me and she says that, and my mind goes stage fright. Like my mind goes, oh my God, this is amazing. I've wanted this forever, and then going, Nick is my best friend and roommate. I can't do this to him because I'll immediately steal Toby away from him. Like I oh. can't do this, and so I go, I literally like I. I stutter for probably like 20 seconds. I, 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 I go, I just, I just can't. And like, I, like, I, like, I just can't. Tanner, like, this is why you're not supposed to be such a good friend. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. And like, so, because in my head, I'm like, he's my best friend. Like, I can't do this to him. Like, and, but in my head, I'm like, no, he did this to you. He sent her in here to ask you. And I go, this is his fucking He fault. deserves this. Yeah. this and then is, I go, he asked for this. And then I'm like, no, oh, fuck, I can't do it. And then so I'm like, no, no, fuck, no, I can't. And she like. See, this is what you need to learn to be a bad person. Yeah. Fucking tell me about it. <laughs> um, and then so she leaves. And like, I'm sitting probably another five minutes in the bathroom, like, hands over the sink, like, looking myself in the mirror, like. What did you do? What did you do, you fucking idiot? <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, so that's over. I don't have to deal with that anymore. And then as Nick and her are leaving, I'm getting a ride from someone else because I know they're about to go home. Mm-hmm. And then um, Nick goes, Tanner, are you going to ride with us? I said, no, Nick. You guys go home. Do your thing. I will be home in a couple hours. And he goes, no, just ride with us. And I go, Nick, 
Go home yeah. and do your thing. Yeah, I was like, do your thing. I will be home in a couple hours. And he goes, no, just fucking ride with us. And I go, fine. If you're going to do this, this is your fault. And like, so I get in the car. I'm in the back seat. He doesn't talk <coughs> to me the entire drive. He doesn't if say, you're going to do this to yourself, yeah. Nick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. <coughs> like, fine. Yeah. And like, so he... Um, he <laughs> is driving home, doesn't say a word the entire time to Toby. Yeah. So it's just me and Toby, like, catching up, like, talking. And then we get home. Nick, again, disappears, doesn't say a word to Toby. And it's just me and Toby in the kitchen, like, chit-chatting and catching up again and, like, shooting the shit. And, like, and I was like, Nick is a goddamn idiot. And if it was anyone else... If, like, if it was, you know, and, like, if she was, like, into me and, like, if she wanted to go do that, like, anyone else would have taken her to their room and, and then said, just Nick. railed her yeah, for, and like, like, the next says, two hours. Fuck Nick. And I was just so like, see, yeah, see, the problem is you're nice and you're honorable. Right. And then the, the other problem is Nick is super nice and honorable. Right. And I'm just like, you fucking two pathetic bastards. Right. Like, ugh. I'm, oh my god! I really want to know what Toby thought of that night because I've never I, talked I, to him about I'm too that treacherous. Night. I'm too treacherous. I've I'll, I'll ask her. About I'll that. ask her about it when she's on next week. We'll but, talk about it. Yeah. So that was a, that was. Oh man. Oh god damn it! Like, if there's ever one thing in my life I've ever regretted, it's yeah. not unbuttoning and pulling down my pants <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> if there's one thing. Uh, I don't. You know. I don't know. You know. I did I, the the first time I worked with Toby was I did those pictures with her. Yeah, and I I really loved those pictures. I was really excited about those pictures because I really liked her look and stuff. And then I really liked how the pictures turned out. And and then I found out she was when well, we were doing the pictures. I found out she was Chickasaw, which yeah, I'm yeah. Chickasaw, and I was like, that's cool. And then I found out she was a Leo, and I'm a Leo, and I was Damn. like, I was like, oh, that explains a lot. Yeah, that yeah. really explains a lot why you're such a strong woman. Because we, I always talk about that and tease her about I didn't that. Know you were in a star I'm, I'm not in the star signs and astrology. Like I think it's all true. I'm just into it. Like I think that the month you're born pretty accurately affects the rest of your life okay. because you're in the womb at a specific time of the year and you're born at a specific time of the year. Okay. So <clears throat> it would it. only stand to make sense that people who were born around that same month would have the same characteristics because they're going through the same things. Right. It would only that. make sense. But and and certain months being harder than other months right. would play a lot into your personality as well. I, I so. think I think a lot of stuff that happens in the moment plays a large part. But but I thought I've always thought she was attractive, like right. v- like very attractive and pretty. But at the same time I'm always like I have this weird standoffish thing yeah, with yeah. her where I'm just like I this is I don't want to, yeah. and and maybe it's because it might be because I have like this weird like paternal thing with her where it's like we're siblings. I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it might be because there's a ton of women in my family. There's not very many guys, right. and most of the, there's right. there's a lot of people in my family that are Leos, right. especially the women. Like it's very heavy, and the women in my family are Native American, so they're very strong anyway. Right. But, like, being Leos, they're even super, they're more super strong. strong. They're very cold and strong. And so, like, 
interacting with Toby, I was just kind of immediately like would fall into this like you're very pretty, but this feels yeah. like family. This feels like a family thing, right? And yeah, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so that's how I act with her now. And that's the other reason I told Brooke. I was like, listen, you don't have to be, because I feel it's weird. Like if I thought about me and her being in a relationship, it feels weird. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I understand why you guys like her because right. that's makes sense. It's a very like her whole personality is a very attractive thing right. it's just that's my family yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I should meet some of your family this is very interesting but uh, yeah I, Nick that's a Nick thing Nick that's a historic Nick thing it's happened right. multiple, multiple times, times. Um, he's just too nice right. he's too nice and too honorable and you're too nice and too honorable and uh yeah. But it's a disaster. Anyway, I want to move on. Uh, <laughs> talking about Toby Please. for what, assume, like, uh, what I assume it's like the last minutes. hour. 20 minutes. Yeah, Brooke's going to be pissed because we talked about 20, <laughs> Toby for 20 minutes. Brooke, I'm so sorry. I could not get off the subject. Bro, this is all my fault. Brooke, you got to understand. He's in love with her. I, listen. If he's Toby, in love with her romantically. I'm in love with her artistically. you got to understand. I'm in love with it's, her both ways. It's, listen, if Toby showed up in L.A. in March and told me that she was single and wanted to date me, I would immediately walk over to my girlfriend, break up with her, and say, Oh, my God. This is fine. We, oh, my God. I've got to take this off the record. Jesus Christ. Let's see, okay, that last that last sentence. <laughs> um, this is why you shouldn't give white people uh, whiskey. This is why. Joel, but you know me. This is not a risky <laughs> conversation. This is like, I'm open to you and we're good friends. Ladies and gentlemen, he's like three glasses of whiskey in. And at this point, I don't even know if I'm, I'm slurring my speech right now. <laughs> I can't even tell, but... I'm fine. Oh, um, God. But anyway. Um, B. So B, anyway, I want to move on. It's purely platonic, B. Trust <laughs> me. And I, I'm sure she, more than me, would tell you. Yeah, for sure. Listen. Um, Joel is not attractive to me at all. I'm sure she would tell you but that. But to me... And I, you know, it's mutual, B. So just let, you know. But, okay, moving on. So I'll cut this down. It won't matter. That's I, fine. Uh, what I wanted to talk about was a big thing that I've seen recently, or like maybe not seen recently, but come yeah. more in contact with. Um, who was it that you were saying? Uh, Allie. It was Allie. Yeah. About like feeling awkward and like not. Oh, you've uh, encountered that with actors in LA and stuff? Not not encountered it personally, but hold it, on, yeah. hold on. All right, we're good. Okay. Goddamn Crown Royal. Okay. Um. So basically, the thing that I wanted to talk about. Yes, please. You'll note, like, and like I said, I've noticed it recently because my girlfriend has brought it to my attention, and then she, nice, Fifth Avenue bar. Who the fuck eats Fifth Avenue bars? Joel Dameron does. That's who. That's fucking um, amazing. But, like I was saying, yep. my girlfriend has brought it to my attention recently that, like, a big thing, apparently, is, like, people feeling, well, insecure, not insecure. even insecure, like, um, uncomfortable, mm-hmm. because, like, she felt uncomfortable, um, even talking about, um, which you, more than anyone know, mm-hmm. I'm not uncomfortable with really anything on no. the screen. That's the other great thing about you. 
Um, Acting wise, is you just whatever. Right. I just don't give a fuck. I'm like, it's my part. Like, it's right. the part of the character. Like, it's fine. Um, and my girlfriend brought this to my attention that like people don't enjoy actors doing that. Say, like, for instance, she was upset because I talked to her about the sex scene that we did in um, uh, Desire. Desire. Yeah, I, was just, I was fixing to mention that. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a sex scene in Desire mm-hmm. in Joel's movie. And I was talking to my girlfriend about it, and she was like super like embarrassed and awkward about it. She was super awkward about it, and I asked her, I was like, "What's going on? Like, why are you?" She's like, "Okay, well," and starts talking about it. And basically, I come to find out that like she almost wouldn't be all right with me doing like even like a kiss scene or like a sex scene because she mm-hmm. would feel like almost like slighted <clears throat> personally about it. I was like, "That's really weird to me," because artistically, I would think like, "Oh, I do think." But like it doesn't matter because right. if you're doing it for a character, like it means nothing. And like, yeah, if you're doing it in a role, you can't be mad about that. See, that's, that's what I thought. <clears throat> and she just recently sent me. Um, you've seen? Have you seen Passengers yet? Uh, Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh no 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 no! Uh, I watched it. It was really good. Uh, yeah. The writing was kind of like whatever. Mm-hmm. But like their performances were incredible. Um, she there was a sex scene in it between the two of them mm-hmm. and apparently she Jennifer Lawrence even felt weird because he's married Chris Pratt is married and she felt weird doing a sex scene with a married man and I, I got like I got upset and I was like yeah you should get upset like, about that that's... no you're a fucking actor yeah that's your like job fucking yeah, get over it like you're getting paid it's not even like doing the job. Like that's not even my thing. You don't like, think it, you're it, artistically like you don't think it's going to be awkward for for Chris Pratt and Anna Ferris if they had to do a sex scene together. Right. They did do a sex scene together in that movie Forty Three or whatever. Yeah. And I'm sure that was awkward. I'm sure. Because you have sex all the time, but like, not in front of once you put a film camera years. and a t- yeah yeah. And like, but like that's my thing is like. I don't find that awkward at all. Like, you know, right. kissing, like... See, I do find it awkward, but at the same time, like, I'm not gonna sit there and be awkward about it, right. because it's... Not like desire when you were, we're working. the time. Well, I couldn't handle that. I didn't I didn't <laughs> need you to be naked. I didn't need you to be naked, and then you just decided to get naked. Well, the character was naked. And I couldn't handle it. I just couldn't... I was not prepared at yeah. that time. But... For you to be naked on set. I'm sorry. It was enjoyable. And I well, you and Ford both. I got to hand it to you. You and Ford both. And maybe it's because you guys used to date. I don't know. But maybe. you guys were both just like, sure, let's do this scene. Let's That's get fine. it over with. And, and you guys did multiple takes of the whole like busting in the room and making out thing. And I right. was just like, man, these guys are troopers. Like, yeah. Brooke got jealous once again. Like, she was like, hey, you're enjoying this, aren't you? And I was like, no, I'm not, because yeah. I, I have to fucking get specific shots, and it's right. annoying when this I don't the get the art of it. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So I got to hand it to you and Ford well, thank both you. in that scene, because you guys are fucking professional as fuck. And see, like, that's my thing. Is like, I don't find that stuff awkward at all, just because, like, it's, it's professionalism. It's like the art form. It's like, if your character, right. again, like, my biggest thing is, like, if needed. Like, if it's, like, ex- like exuberant and, like, it doesn't mean anything to the script and, like, it's just right. random because, like, it's sexy and, like, people want sex. Like, right. I can see people turning it down. Like, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But, like, if it plays as part of the character and, like, part of the story, it doesn't make sense to me why people are awkward about it. Because, like, I know I would never be awkward about it because it's not me doing it. It's yeah. the character doing it. 
Um, and there was actually, my girlfriend just sent me a, an article about Jennifer Lawrence mm-hmm. saying how awkward that sex scene was in Passengers because she felt weird kissing and like doing all this with a married man. But there was no reverse side to it saying that Chris on, Pratt felt awkward. Come on, J Law. Like, yeah, like that was my. Get thing. your I, shit together, J Law. You're an Oscar winner. Get your shit together, Jennifer. I got so upset, and I was like, "That is." God damn it! I used to love her so much, and now she's oh. pissing me off. Like, <laughs> she pissed me off. Like with that. Fucking come on, Jennifer. But like, I just found that super awkward. That like, there's a lot of artists out there that will not say that this is part of my art, or like this is part of the character, this is part of the story. And then, like, we'll turn it down. You know what I mean? And say, like, no, we can't do a sex scene because I feel awkward about it. Like, and I totally get, like, you need to be safe. You need to do, like, your thing and, like, make sure you're comfortable. But if it's part of the the, the story, if it's, like, a big thing that means something to the script, there's no reason that you should feel awkward about it because you're not actually fucking someone you know what i mean yeah like no and it and it's not not only are you not fucking someone and not even anything close to it but right. like <clears throat> well unless of course you have a fucking director like gaspar noe right. or somebody like that who's like i actually want you guys to fuck each other in this scene can you just can you actually blow him in this scene which again, but i'd be totally fine with which it. it's fine <laughs> but yeah once again if we're gonna go pure art that's fine but mm-hmm. Gaspar Noe purposely hires porn actors right. for that type of thing, right, right, because he knows. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's not only is it not sexually pleasurable, right. but it's fucking awkward, and there's people there, mm-hmm. and they're filming it, and everybody's like, "Hold on, hold on, lighting, we got to fix the lighting. Hold on a second, everybody, right. pause, stay where you are, don't move." Um, let's fix this a little bit. Let's readjust the camera. All right, that was okay, but let's do it again. I need you guys to be more sexually aggressive this time. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's angry. not, yeah. you know, you're not, nobody's getting any it's pleasure there. Yeah, nobody's getting any, any pleasure there. All right? And I think that's why it's if, if you put couples together in a film where they have intense sexual scenes, like, you know, and I know Take 5 is going to roll their eyes when I mention this, but in Eyes Wide Shut, like mm-hmm. Kubrick, you know, you have Tom and Nicole, but he's putting them through intense, like, sex scenes, and right. he's making them do it 60 times, because he's Kubrick. Um, that's gonna, like, that's, it's so awkward and weird and taxing mentally mm-hmm. that it can fuck up your relationship, too. Oh, 100%. And yeah, that's why Tom and Nicole, one of the many reasons why Tom and Nicole couldn't survive Eyes Wide Shut. Right. Because that fucked up their relationship of having to make it a non- yeah. So that's how unsexual it is, folks. I don't right. think you understand. Like, like it's not at all. Because like I remember specifically during Desire, uh-huh. I was dating a girl at the time, uh-huh. and who was there? Yeah, who was literally <laughs> on set? Who was literally on set? And was not happy with the fact that I was doing a sex scene with your former with lover. my ex. Yeah, with yeah. your former lover. Um, which I totally get from a which perspective. I totally Ford was. Ford couldn't care less. Ford right. was like, eh, I don't, I don't like you anymore. I don't Dude, care. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was the same way. Like, whatever. that's why Ford's cool though. Yeah. And Sometimes. Like, but like that was a, I remember that being a huge thing. And she, like, right beforehand, we like took a break, and my girlfriend at the time took me aside. Yeah. And said, 
hey, if you do this, are you like gonna catch feelings for her again? And like I literally, I literally go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I was like, I was like, get over it. Like I'm gonna, like, this is art. This isn't like, I'm not going in there to fuck forward and like be well, merry about it. Like, like I'm not like super excited to go in there and like. Listen, to fuck my listen. Ass. I've fucked Ford before. Yeah. I know what's there. I'm not. Like, what I are know you what this like? Is. Yeah. I, you know. Like here's and here's that's. I like one. you now, no, so like, you're exciting I, to I've me now. Her that's before. happened before. Like, though. I don't like. I've been there, done that, and I'm with you. So like, if you think that that's better, why did I stop being with her? Right, and, right, 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 right. And like now, why am I with you? Right. Um, I tell Brooke that all the time about, <clears throat> about other girls is I've unfortunately for me been with way too many girls than I want to be with and and I don't like if I see a girl that I think is attractive now I'm like okay she's attractive and I go right. on because I don't even have to think about having sex with her right. because I've probably had sex with a girl that was somewhere in the range of what she is right so yeah so I'm not really missing anything. I right. don't like I remember having sex with that girl. And I've had sex with really hot girls and sex with girls that weren't really hot. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I've been disappointed in both, both groups. <laughs> yeah. I've been disappointed with both sides very much. So mm-hmm. Right. I enjoy I tell Brooke I enjoy you more than anybody. So yeah. just see, the, be the, happy with that cuz And like I I think devil's advocate on most conversations I'm a harsh that, critic. I'm, that I'm like ever in, I always play devil's advocate. Right. And like the big devil's advocate side to like the thing that we're talking about, mm-hmm. to where um, you're an artist and like it means nothing. Right. Look at Brad Pitt. Like, that's like the biggest devil's advocate. Right. And like, I'm always like a big proponent of being like, great, name two more examples. Like, give me two, give me two more, give me three solid examples. But like you know, Brad Pitt broke up with uh, Nicole Aniston, or uh, Jennifer Aniston. Sorry, Nicole Aniston is the porn star. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Well, <laughs> we know what you do with your free time, Tanner. Oh man, not anymore. Ladies and gentlemen, Tanner Reisner is a big fan of Nicole Aniston. Uh, first off, she's great. Everyone, please Google her right now. Oh, is that? Oh, interesting. What? Is that the one you met that you were? No, 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 Which no, no. That's was uh, very Nikki Huntsman. If you want to also look her up, Nikki Huntsman. She's Nikki great, Huntsman. Great oh. woman. Uh, very lovely. That's the cool very thing about sweet. L.A. is you try to have a relationship with someone that doesn't work out. Hey, you know, you can still promote them. Throw them a shout out. Yeah, I, I, I love Nikki. <laughs> I love Nikki so much. We, um, we I didn't like working with Joel Dameron, douchebag, but, you know, he makes good films. Yeah, Check out his film. <laughs> and see, that's the thing about Nikki. Um, again, Nikki Huntsman. <laughs> um, uh, Google her. She's actually she's actually really big like, uh, right now. She's actually doing a lot of stuff for like some really big companies. I'm gonna have to Google her now. Yeah, please do. Um, and me and her, uh, because of my job right. with Smosh, we go to a lot of conventions and we do a lot of stuff. Okay. And at multiple conventions, I had met her, not knowing who she was. But, like me and her met on the dance floor, and me, me and her like danced for right. Uh, excuse me, some of the night, and. Then just at another convention, a friend or one of the talent on one of our shows brought her in because he's a good friend of hers. Yeah, and I started talking with her, and that's how I knew she was a porn star or she was into porn. And so me and her started like hitting it off and like talking about it. Um, and I think it's really interesting. 
Oh, she is quite adorable. Yeah, she's adorable. Yeah, she's very cute. Like she, she looks like uh, she looks a lot like uh, Susan Sarandon's daughter, who who is an who is an actress. Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins' daughter. She's an actress. She was in Californication with David Duchovny and stuff. Oh shit! Okay, she's, she looks a lot. When you see her, you're like, "Why does she look so familiar?" She's really that. cute and adorable. And then you're like, find out she's Susan Sarandon's daughter, that makes and you're a like, "Ah, oh, because I, I that's watched Californication and I know exactly the girl you're talking about." Yeah, she's like the young one. That, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That no, was that his makes... student or whatever. God, yeah. I love Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Nikki Huntsman is is looks a lot like her. She's very adorable. Yeah. She looks great. like she's really short. Is she really short? She's pretty short. Yeah. She's like she. She's like say, my height. Doesn't say she looks really short in that picture. Yeah. She's of course, it could just be the angle. I don't know. But well, she's maybe like a couple inches taller than me. So probably like five eight. Well, you know, I mean, but that's, for a girl, that's, that's like not so something painful. you see every day. But yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I um, mean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's probably like five eight. She's very sweet. Very that's a good like, picture. Wow, that's an incredible picture. Yeah, she's adorable. Um, she's very sweet, very kind, like super nice. She's got a. Uh, I won't say right now. Her daughter's three years old. She's got yeah. a kid. Uh, loves her kid very much. Um, great mom. She's incredible. She's a sweet, sweet woman. And I just happened to yep, just happened to meet her randomly at like some random conventions, and then just happened to hit it off with her for a while. Uh, nothing came out of it, say like um, sexually or relationship wise, but I do consider her a friend. See, I'll pitch I, her like I'll pitch her stuff anywhere I go. Ser- seriously, that's the that's the thing I gotta say that I really admire about LA is people are like, yeah, you know, we tried we we worked we were tried to work on a project together, you know, it didn't work out, but you know, he's a, he was a great guy. We talked. Uh, he's a lot of fun. Um, I love him. You know, he's a good guy. Yeah. And that's exactly. I mean, that's like, what I love about because I've been. I had different cinematographers contact me about okay. Bluff, oh, really? and we went back and forth for a while. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be nice about this. I'm yeah. not going to be my usual self. Not going to be the jackass <laughs> that is Joel Hammer. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, but you know, let's keep in contact because we could work on some projects later. And they were yeah. like, sure, sounds good. Best of luck. I hope Bluff works out well and everything. And I'm just like, yeah. And I'm just like, oh well, this is. This yeah. is nice. This that's is how professional very, environments work in LA. This very is very nice. Yeah. This is very nice. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'd say about Joel Dan. We, <laughs> we tried to work on a project together. It uh, didn't work uh, out. But he's great and I love him. Oh my god. Um, if you ever, if you ever get to work with him, please do. He's a delight. Um That sounds terrible. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, she looks a lot like Susan Sarandon's daughter. She's she's adorable though. I like that picture. I've never seen that photo, and that's actually that's if you could download that. That's your type. That. Yeah, I was gonna say that's very much your type, right I there. I actually need to send that to my roommate because that's more his type than me, and that's incredible. What the fuck was that photo? I don't know. That what was like her in high photos. school when she was like going through a goth phase. Yeah, I don't know what it was. was. It, I think she looks really good in that too. I think but. she looks great in that. Um, anyway, go ahead. Sorry, but yeah, and like that's I think that's great about LA. Is like every, because like, it's. I guess what you could say is it's super professional. Yeah, and like, but yeah, that's what. But as well, like you, and I see this a lot as well. Is like as not being professional, but people are terrified. Right. That like, if you are not professional, if you're not professional, you won't get called back. Which is sad to me that people think, oh, there's a case where I shouldn't be professional. Right. You know what I mean? Like that upsets me. But yeah. 
That's fair, yeah. But, like, that is a huge thing, is, like, L.A. is all about the people you know and the contacts and right. the connections that you make. Yeah, and, that, and that's very unfortunate for me because I hate people. So right. I'm very – I don't like to talk to people. Well, so. luckily, you know me, and I know a lot of connections. Well, right yeah, I, that's why I told – Brooke was like, you're just going to have to learn how to be nice to people when you get out there. Actually, like – Which I'm, is true. I guess I'm just going to have to learn how to be – Which I feel like, um, especially since moving away and coming yeah. back, like you have been – like a lot more like personable and like a lot more um kind's not the word I'm looking for. But like a lot I'm, more I'm definitely not kind. Right? No, no. You're you're a total dickhead. Like um, <laughs> but, um like you have been a lot more personable and like grown as like a professional to well, me. Well, I was like going to say that's the thing about you that I freaked out about cuz like I didn't talk to you for a while. We just talked over social media and then I like talked to you in person. Mm-hmm. on the phone and you were just like um yeah you know i'm just really uh you know i'm just doing this and i'm doing this hold on a second uh what what was the yeah it's in it, yeah i put the footage in the yeah okay all right anyway sorry yeah we're just talking about footage sorry um and i'm just like who the fuck is this like <laughs> what the fuck happened man. what the fuck happened to the tanner that was like the wild man who was naked at the party and did shrooms with me and laid on the floor and stared at the ceiling for two hours. Oh, man. With Cecilia. Yeah. Like, where is that Tanner? I, I, oh, I, I that forgot Tanner. that that Tanner, like, this Tanner apparently doesn't exist anymore. And now this Tanner is, like, uber professional Hollywood Tanner. But, yeah, that's the first thing I noticed. And I was like, oh, well, if Tanner's stepping it up, I guess I better. Well, see, like, it's really crazy to me because, up. like, the, the circles that I run in and, like, the... Right now, the path that I've led yeah. has not run into those people because you know as well as I do. Like, right. I'm a big chameleon, right? And like I kind of just fit in and flow with whatever like people I'm working with and like people I'm around. Yeah. And so like in college, those were the people I was hanging out with, like very sexualized and like very, very like chill. And yeah, and like, like very like, hippie party esque, like hippie. Um, very like Judd. Right, Judd. Good old Judd. Good uh, old you didn't Judd. Know, me and Judd wrote a. Uh, Bob Dylan musical. Joel was in it. A Bob Dylan musical. Joel Jesus. was in it as uh, William Zimzinger. That would be um, the most boring musical ever. You were in it. You can't say it was boring. You, or you can't say it would be. You can say it was. Because you were literally in it. Um, <sighs> what a... <laughs> Jesus. But, uh, but like, I'm like super chameleon. So like everyone that I work with now is like super professional. And like as well like doing everything they can to get more out of their like professional work um relationships yeah and so that's kind of what i felt like i chameleoned into yeah um so like i think that's like more of what you see because i know if i happen to like instead of like if i moved out there and roomed with some like hippies and like then you would start acting I would like, still like I would still you, be that guy like you if you I mean? moved out there and, and lived with like you know Matthew McConaughey you'd go right back to your old I would. place well like okay um, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey and Surfer Dude but like, like Matthew was, McConaughey and like Matthew McConaughey in 2006 Matthew McConaughey and Owen Wilson circa like 1999 or something I would love that like 100% I would fucking first of all that would be great um, yeah, no, I would imagine, and I, I, I mean, I think all people have the tendency to blend with the people that they're around sure. in, their, in their environment and stuff. But, 
But I do, I do as much as L.A. catches a bad rap for what it is and stuff like that. I, I really did appreciate the professionalism out there, and I know that's weird because like. They're like, oh, you guys don't have professionalism in Oklahoma? No, we fucking don't. No, no, no we no. have rednecks yeah. in Oklahoma, and that's it. Everybody's and like, and like everyone is like jaded, and if you're jaded, you're like dead to each other. And like, and of course, yeah. I mean, why would you not be jaded if you lived in a in a, in a place where the the weather changes with each season like it's supposed to, but it's the extreme form right. of every single season. Did I ever so, tell you? Uh, speaking of like weather in this hell every season, hell regardless, if it's summer, it's hot as fuck, <laughs> and you sweat your goddamn balls off, and you better hope you have an air conditioning or you're gonna melt. Yeah. And then if it's winter time, guess what? It's only 35 degrees outside, but that wind is going to blow into your goddamn face until you go insane. And, like, the wind chill is, like, negative five. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's 35 outside? That's not that bad. Yeah, but the wind chill, it feels like negative 27. Yeah. Like, it's fucking fucking crazy. There was a, I remember in... It's nice for, like, three weeks in Oklahoma. Yeah, it's... That's where they told the Indians to go, folks. They said, oh, you guys live in Mississippi and places like that where it's, you know, Tennessee where it's hot. But, you know, there's some nice times. That, guess what? You're going to move to Oklahoma where every sea, every season is extreme as fuck. Right. Congratulations. The, the state where no one wants to live. I'm, okay, I've had enough. I will never Liquor. forget just... my freshman year of college. Me and my brother shared a dorm room together. Uh, it was on the... I want to say it was on the third floor of the Choctaw. Choctaw dorms. Yeah, the Choctaw dorms on Southeastern property. And um, our roommate, or not even well, at least you and your brother got to share a room. I mean, that's right, which is great. I mean, like to yeah. this, to this day, because it's like we shared a room our whole for lives. twenty-one yeah. years. Yeah. Like this is um, this just feels right. Right. Like I mean, at that point, it was like nineteen years, so like it was totally yeah. whatever. Yeah. But um, I remember not even our suite mate. So, like, there's, you know, the suite you walk into, and in the suite, there's two dorms, and mm-hmm. those are your suite mates. On the other side of the wall from us, yeah. who this dude kept us awake months at a time, because, like, he was just, like, fucking this girl, like, at oh, three Jesus. in the morning. So, we'd always be awake, because his bed hit the wall right where my head was, so it would just be, like, like, for, like, hours. And I was so upset at this guy. Um, but... Whatever, that's college. Um, and so, like, I remember specifically, it was in the winter time, mm-hmm. and he got locked out of the dorms, so he couldn't get even into the lobby. But he knew me and Jesse somewhat because we like passed him and like said, "Hey, yeah. and whatever." And he knew where our dorm was. Yeah, and it was probably probably like eleven at night. This dude just starts like chunking rocks. At our window, mm-hmm. and like we don't notice it because our TV is right there and our speaker system's like obnoxious. We've got like those big like three. And of course, tall... you guys are playing like hardcore and shit right, like yeah, that. like yeah. we're playing some like uh, fucking half heart and shit like that. <laughs> um, and we they feel like they're at the Vans Warped Tour when you guys are playing right. or something. The whole floor shakes, <laughs> and uh, we don't notice him like hitting our window with pebbles mm-hmm. and like so i guess he thinks like i'll go a little bigger like why not and then all at once we see our window shatter and he's just like behind our tv and we're like what the fuck just happened and we like lean we're like we move our tv and like look out the window and he's like standing on the ground like 
Hey. Can, uh, uh, sorry about that. Can you let me into the door? Uh, you guys let me in? Yeah. And I was like, you motherfucker. I'm so mad at it. And I was like, yeah. All right, dude. And like, we went downstairs and let him in. We called the maintenance crew. Yeah. So we were like, hey, our window broke. Who knows why? But our window right. broke. And um, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Like, okay, cool. Winter. And that was like the year, it was 2010. So we had like this oh, big God. blizzard. Broker. That was the year when it was like, when the snow was out yeah. there and it was crazy and there was ice. And like it's the like, the entire town was ice. It's like you lived in Mad Max Ice Age. Yeah. Like, yeah, that. I worked at the casino and I was a fucking valet that, oh, yeah. that winter. Yeah. yeah. It was a bad deal. Yeah. Our window was broken during that fucking storm. Our window mm-hmm. was broken during that blizzard. So when I remember, there was one day specifically, uh, speaking of like weather and like the extremes, right. it was like snowing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And here's what, well, like, let me explain to you what the maintenance crew did to this window before I explain how I remember this day. So we called the maintenance crew and they were like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll fucking get to it. Two days later, they finally get up there while we're both at class. We right. come back. They've just duct taped the cracks in the window. And they're just like, they're like, oh no, that's totally fixed. And we're like, oh, fantastic. We, we called them. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? This is just duct tape on our window. Like, replace the goddamn window. They're like, yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah, they're like, no, it's fine. It's duct tape. It's yeah, it's fine. Duct tape's pretty strong. We also yeah. put some bailing wire up there. You'll be fine. Yeah, and we're like, oh, 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 what? No. And like we were like, okay, well, get up here as soon as possible and fix this thing. Two days later, that storm hits, and so it's like snowing, like blizzard in the morning. Right. It's 95 degrees at 2 in the afternoon. It's 95 degrees. And then at probably like 9 p.m., it's raining, and then you start the day over, and it's blizzard again. Right. So like, I remember specifically that day, because when our window was broken, we were like, okay, we're not going to have our TV sit next to the window. Right. So we moved it. And when the blizzard came, there was literally snow fury, like flurries, snow flurries, in like coming through our window into our dorm room, and we couldn't do shit about it. It was the worst week, worst week of my fucking life. I'll never forget that day. That's Oklahoma weather for you. That's exactly Oklahoma weather for you. Yeah. Oklahoma weather for you is, uh, guess what? It's morning time, so you're going to freeze your goddamn balls off. No. Oh, it's afternoon now? Well, you better turn on your air conditioner, <laughs> faggot. <laughs> Like, uh, you know, it, the last couple of weeks that cold front came in and it was like 11 degrees right. and like the, the windshield made it like negative two. And, and this was just like this last couple of weeks. Right. And, uh, Bless you. my driver's side window in my car has a, like, if it rolls down, it'll roll down. You can press the button, yeah. it'll roll down. But if you start to press it up, it won't roll up. And you just have to wait for like when it magically is like going to work yeah, and then yeah. it'll roll up. And then you have to catch it and let it roll up all the way. Okay? So, but I knew it's a matter of time. It's going right. to stop doing that. So I just quit rolling it down. Yeah. And if it's super hot, I'm just, I roll down the other windows yeah, the other and turn on the windows. AC and I just sweat. I, yeah. you know, but luckily it was getting cold and I was like, well, that's fine because I, the heater in it works extremely well yeah. and it's like a sauna. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's fine. And I've told B multiple times don't drive my car 
because I know because she is extremely hot natured. She's like a furnace. Yeah, yeah. So she has to have constant AC and air all the time, or she passes out. She's like a shark that has to constantly swim, mm-hmm. or she dies. So, uh, so she got in my car, and I was like, "Remember, driver's side window does not roll down. <laughs> if you roll it down, it won't roll back up." And yeah. and it had finally gotten to the point where I knew it wasn't going to roll back up, and yeah. she was like. Okay, and like she took my car, and this has happened before, mind you. This yeah. happened a couple of months ago. She rolled it down, and then she came back, and she was like, oh, "I'm sorry, I rolled the window down. It won't roll back up." So I had to wait like a month before it randomly rolled up again. Yeah, but it was summer, so it was fun. But she did this the other day, and I, as soon as she left, I was like, "Oh, she's gonna roll the fucking window down, and it's not gonna roll back up." And she did. Yeah. And then she came back, so now it's stuck down, which is why it's parked in the garage. Because yeah. she rolled it all the way down. Jesus. So it's like in your now, door. Yeah, it's in the door, and it won't roll up now at yeah. all. And it started getting cold, and it was 11 degrees, and the wind <laughs> chill was 2. And I had to drive to work at 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, all right, like, you know. So I took it to work. So one day I get to work, and OT comes up there, and I take apart the whole fucking door yeah. and still can't get the window up. So I just ripped off the whole door panel at one point. So now my, my door, my driver's side door doesn't have an inside panel at all. It's just raw pieces of metal Great. with open. And I had cut all the wires and shit. And I was like trying to get it to work. And it still doesn't work. And it still hasn't worked. It's still stuck down. Mm-hmm. It's been raining the last couple of days. I can't even take it out right now. Yeah. Because there's no fucking window in it. Because oh, I've yeah. told my wife twice, do not roll down the window. Right. And she rolls it down. So that's my life. Yeah, that's incredible. that's my life. But uh, you know, I just take the other car now. I guess. Yeah. Is that B's car? Whose car is that? That white one. Yeah, that, that's that B's car. One. Yeah. The, the white Buick, mm-hmm. the really nice one, is B's car. Um, and she got it. It's a really nice 2011. It's like you can watch DVDs. It's got a touch screen. It's just nuts. Yeah. Leather seats. It's insane. Huge car. Really nice Buick Lacrosse CXL. Oh, yeah. Super nice. Um, and she's had it for like a year. Finally got her first like newer car. Mm-hmm. She's only had it for a year. And it already is getting to the point like breakdown wise where it just, oh, no. there's nothing left. Like oh, no. pretty much nothing left in it. And I'm like, you've had it a year. It's a Buick LaCrosse. Yeah. Like it's, what is the deal? Like, so we're going to have to wait and fix it. But right. while it's been sitting, sitting there for a week or so. The tire's gone flat, too. So. Jesus. So, you know. Yeah. Whatever. We'll just start stacking things up on it. So, <laughs> so we borrowed oh, my, yeah. my grandma's car. So the Honda is my grandma's car. But, uh, okay, that makes but sense. my grandma was like, keep it as long as you want because I have, like, four cars. So, whatever. Great. So now we have a car. But, but she goes to work tomorrow, which means I'm stuck in the windowless car now again really? for the rest of the week while she's at work. But so. luckily, it's like 60 degrees right now. During the day. Yeah, no, it's fine. It, the weather the weather warmed back up, um, you know, because it's December and it's Oklahoma. So the weather is warm. It's yeah. fine. Um, Wait till March. It'll get cold again. Right, yeah. Sometime in March, it'll get cold again for a little bit. And then, uh, and then it'll immediately jump to being 120, to right. being so hot that you can't walk around your house without sweating. Yeah. So Even if you walk around naked, you know, right. summer in the Oklahoma. last day of May. You know, summer in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's fantastic. But uh, I so me and B and OT 
and Landry were all moving to LA in March, right? Or April 1st. Yeah. Um, and Landry and Brooke, I don't know what's wrong with them. Brooke loves to wear layers, I guess. But Brooke and, and Landry, they're like, I don't want to live in LA because it'll be like 85 and sunny every day. It's a lot. And I'm like, and I'm like, so you're saying that you don't want to live in a place that has a, a normal climate that is comfortable every day of the year. Right. 365. And they're like, no, I want to live in a place that gets really cold and I have to wear a bunch of layers and I can't right. go outside without wearing six, 16 layers of clothing. Well, see, and here's so the thing. I don't know. And then OT even said the same thing. He was like, really? I, I like Chicago. And I was like, OT, you're Shut a fucking up. moron. Shut, Shut up. up. Chicago, LA, why don't you go fuck yourself, OT? We're moving to LA. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I want a place that has a nice climate. Well, here's the thing about LA. It's also pretty crazy because, like, depending on like the neighborhood, right? You know, like the area that you live in, right? It can like the degrees can jump like incredibly. Like That's so, weird. I yeah, I live in South Bay. Which is just south of LAX. Okay. Um, which is like... Yeah, I noticed that. I was watching Layover. The Layover with uh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, yeah. And he talked about where to fly in when you're flying into LA. And I noticed that the town you live in is like 10 minutes from LAX. And I was oh, yeah, like, maybe. Well, I noticed that like Burbank is like 10 miles from LAX. And I was like, well, we're going to fly into LAX, I guess, because yeah. we're living in Burbank. So. Yeah. Well, there is an airport in or, Burbank. Or Studio City. Right, there's an airport in Burbank. Um, but, like, because it's crazy because, like, in the valley, which is, like, yeah. Burbank and, like, those areas up there, it can be 20 degrees hotter than where I'm at. So, like, just south of LAX, it'll what, be, like... I, is, are you by the ocean? Are you closer to the ocean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's which, why. Like, I totally That's why I was going to say why. Right. That's why. Yeah, because of the totally breeze why. coming in off the... Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're in the valley and it's, like, 80 degrees in South Bay, yeah. it's, like, 110 in like the valley, it's like a hundred degrees, hundred and five in the valley. Ugh, it's I want to live in crazy. South Bay then. Where oh, you dude, it's the best. Like, I, I think I want to live closer to there, so I can have that nice mild mm-hmm. climate. And there's always stuff for like uh, for rent in South Bay. There's always good stuff for rent in South. And Bay. what is how? What is the rent like for a three bedroom? Uh, of course, you guys don't have a three bedroom, do you? You have like a four or five bedroom. No, we did a two bedroom. I've got okay. a two bedroom apartment right now. Oh, um, and two bedrooms is. I think it's like twenty seventy five. Because I found apartments like in Burbank and stuff that were like three bedrooms that were like fifteen hundred. Yeah, and sixteen hundred. Good about that. Like yeah, like technically there's a lot like from. I was looking at the cost of living and I was like, this is uh, this is very doable. Mm -hmm. I find this to be very doable. Right, and I mean it's like so much more than like say Durant, Oklahoma. Right, where like I pay pay rent in my apartment. Yeah. There's like a two bedroom apartment. I pay more, mm-hmm. like a hundred and twenty twenty five percent rent than a three bedroom house in Durant, Oklahoma. In Durant, Oklahoma. Yeah, like yeah. Um, so it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I told my coworkers I was like, I found a really nice you know three bedroom apartment for really cheap in Burbank. It was, it was like fifteen hundred, so we'll be fine. And they were like. A month, yeah, like, and I'm like, I can rent a three bedroom yeah. house for seven hundred dollars a month. Yeah, like, this this place, three bedroom, is eight twenty five. Yeah, yeah, like it's in, it's insane. And they were like fifteen hundred, and I was like, yeah, but like, but it's I can make a hundred dollars a day. Like right. it's, I can I mean, make a hundred dollars a day. Minimum wage is like ten bucks, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, like they, yeah, they're like, oh, seven twenty five here. What are we doing here? And I'm like, yes, 
What are you doing here? That's Actually, a good question. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, like you know, I hear a lot. Like my roommate, he tells me like all the time that Burbank is like the expensive area of the valley. But right. I don't think so. But like he definitely says Burbank is like the the higher price range in like the valley. That's crazy because I found stuff for like fifteen hundred. Right, that's not bad at all. Three yeah. bedroom, especially three bedroom. That's right. crazy. Yeah. Um, like a lot of people will go to like Koreatown because it's like super fucking cheap yeah, in Koreatown. Cheap. But it's like traffic's a bitch. Like you're in the middle of Hollywood. It's like never quiet, um, which is why I don't live there. Mm. But, See, um, I don't think I would mind that, but I, I don't know about B and Landry. Right. I don't Landry mind the I don't. I don't mind the noise because I'm. Like, I'm a person that's like, if there's a bunch of noise, I'll sleep better. Really? Yeah. Of course, B is kind of like that, too. She leaves the TV on all night yeah. so she can sleep. So she might yeah, might, she might be fine with that. But yeah, see, that maybe that. when we move out on our own, we might get a place in Koreatown or something. Right. I mean, it's not, how's the, like, is it, how's the, uh, like, is it, I would imagine Koreatown is probably pretty safe, right? It's safe if you're not white, which is great for you, oh, Joel. well. <laughs> well, well, like, well, I guess like, it is. From, from I guess me and B can't live there then. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, um, it's yeah. That's the part that was weird to me. Is you were telling me I was asking about places being safe, and you were like, "Well, you'll be fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have to be pretty picky and choosy about where I go. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, "But you're white, and you're a man, right?" What well, is like, he talking like, that's, about? That's the thing, because, like, East L.A., there was a... And, you're, and then you were like, yeah, but there's a lot of minorities there, and the average height in L.A. is, like, 5'7". Right. So you're a giant minority. Right. Man, who no so one will mess with. Who no one will mess with. You'll Ooh. be fine. And I was just like, really? This yeah. is the weirdest thing. Let I me don't... tell you, there's this... Um, Man, I, it's I'm, gonna trip me out. I gotta say, the, the people being short thing is gonna trip me out. Yeah, because I know everybody there is gonna be like actors and stuff, and mm-hmm. the ideal height for actors is like five eight. And I'm gonna, sure. it's gonna be weird for right. me, because I'm huge. So right. yeah, it's definitely gonna be weird for me. But there, I mean, there's also a lot of models there, and like the preferred height for models is like five ten. Six, like, but if they're girls, no men. Men, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Girls is like five eight, yeah, yeah, uh, like five six, five eight. Um, but like a lot of men, you can't even get into like a room with like a model agency unless you're, you're six, six foot. foot. Yeah, like minimum. Um, which well, you know, fuck me, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you better stick with acting. Yeah, let me tell you this <laughs> this story that I've got uh, with my old roommate. His name's yeah. Taylor Frost. Okay. Um, we worked for this casting agency um and it was street casting which yeah. means just like oh it's a print so it's like print modeling so it was people who yeah so it was print modeling so it was like a bunch of people who you would go on the street and be like hey we're looking for people that are hispanic or people right. that are like black within this age range within this like height yeah. and kind of look like this and we're like okay that's fine and so you'd go to like Venice Beach, or you'd go to like Huntington Beach, or you'd go to like all these places. Ooh, Huntington Beach! I love Huntington Beach, the home of Avenged Sevenfold, folks. Is it really? Yeah, it's also the boys. It's also surf capital of the world. Damn shadows and sinister gates, and the boys. Surf capital of California, at least. Long live the ref. 
I also hate Avenged Sevenfold. Like, How dare you? <laughs> you take that back. Um, Their new album was fucking amazing. No one listened to it, Joel. Their new album yeah, no was one, fucking amazing. No one you to just it. shut your mouth. Their new album was existential Don't and you. fucking Don't amazing. You. Tell me that. I know their last album amazing. was. I know their last album was really '80s and butt rock, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Yeah. I will admit. But their new album is. Is it called Existential? Because you made a very no, of, like, it's existential. very existential and like it's called uh, the stage. If you just watch the no. music video, uh-uh. if you just watch the music video, no. it has like a bunch of puppets like dancing and reenacting all the wars that mankind has had over the years, and then it ends with these puppets that are like Trump and Hillary and shit yeah. like that, and then the camera pans up. And it shows these hands that are really working the puppets. That's pretty cool. And I was like, oh, god damn it. They've gone. Those motherfuckers. Don't but it's really cool. Yeah, but I listened to the whole album and it's really epic. This, the song that that music video is for is very typical of Insanifold. But yeah. the rest of the album, like, very out there and different and weird. Yeah. And it's fucking great. I mean, the whole album's got, there's some really good stuff on it. They're, they're back. I'll just say that. They're back. Oh, they're cool. on a new label and they're doing whatever the fuck they want and they're back. And it's well, great. I'm glad to hear they're back. I'll still never listen to them, but I'm glad to hear Well, they're, they're you know, go fuck yourself. That's All right. Fine. Um, Boys, if you want to come on the show, I'll have you anytime. Yeah, please. Please do. Um, but, so, anyway. Um, so, one of our gigs, because he. Basically, what it was is he was a photographer. So, yeah. we'd go out. I was his assistant. Is he the one that you did those pictures with on, that were on Facebook? No. Okay, uh, different guy. No, yeah, well, like, because Taylor's not a photographer uh, professionally. Mm-hmm. Her, so, like, a big thing in L.A. is, like, you'll do six different jobs. You'll be, right. like, say, PA, um, and then, say, for this casting agency, you'll say, oh, I can use a DSLR for street casting. That's totally easy. You'll say, you're, right. you're a photographer. And so you, you'll do that for them, and so you do all the shit just to get by. Um but, so one of his things was we would take photos of people on the street and you would just go out and say, the specific one that I'm talking about, it's a Nike print ad. So it was for like a catalog or like for a magazine. And uh, you would go out and say, you'd have like this dry erase board. So they hire for that shit? I yeah. can just go out and do photography like that? Yeah. For things? Yeah. Oh, that's fucking sick. Yeah. I'll do that. It's real cool. Yeah, I will definitely get you in touch with them. I'd love that. Yeah, um, great. And so, like, basically, they just send out their photographers or their street casters, as they call mm-hmm. them, and you, like, just go into, like, a heavy, heavily populated area, find people that fit your criteria, right. and you walk up to them and say, you walk up to them and say, hey, I'm casting right now for this Nike ad. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what it paid. Pay, like, 500 bucks a day. All you need to do to submit for it is let me take, like, four photos of you doing, like, basically, you know, profile straight on all these like different photo angles okay and then like on this whiteboard you'll put your age your name your email all this good stuff Mm -hmm. so that if nike likes you they'll reach out and contact you for this print ad um so that's the whole basis of the the operation so you went out with that guy one day yeah uh and he's my roommate so i went out with him all the time when he was doing it um and but specifically for the nike one Mm -hmm. Did you guys uh, go down to the basketball courts and hang out and stuff? Yes. Like the public courts? Yeah, we went to like Venice Beach, which has a lot right. of... Right, like, I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah, like basketball courts The good courts. But Nike, any like we went out maybe like three or four days on this one. Mm-hmm. And 
because we went to like um, Venice, we went to like Santa Monica, we went to uh, like Redondo Beach, we went to all, like all these different like places on the, right. on the coast, um, and they hated everyone we turned in. They hated yeah. every single person because what they said was they wanted like authentic like basketball guys, like hood basically right. is what they were saying, like basically right. like hood rats. Right. Yeah. Um, and so they told us, they said, great, I want you to go Which would have been hard for you. Right. Because yeah. like, it's me, and then my roommate is also... Very similar to you. Yeah, he's like six yeah. foot tall, like very white. Yeah. Um, And they're like, great, well, we actually want you to go into the middle of East L.A., which like, if no one knows, like East L.A. is like heavy gang activity. Latino. Like, yeah, like heavy, right. heavy Latino. Uh, and like heavy Hispanic population, and it's right. like very big gang violence and everything. Uh, and so they called us and they were like, "Hey, everything you've turned in is like not authentic feeling. Like everyone just feels like they're like." I mean, I understand. Yeah, they yeah, totally. Authentic. And like, yeah. it's like if it's print, like it makes more sense. Right. Like it makes a lot of sense because like uh, whatever. But um, I would love to get a job as a photographer. Oh, it's for, easy for print and stuff like that it, I would love that totally like for, I, I would love stuff. like starting out to get like a photojournalist job really where I write like uh, about where I do like the Hunter S. Thompson thing and go visit mm. certain events and write about the event for them and then take pictures right and then it, and then if it was me they wouldn't have to send a photographer with me I'd just right. do the pictures myself I would love that but anyway it, go ahead yeah it'd be great um, so like we went to um, so we went to like I can't even remember the places, but like we went all over East LA. Mm -hmm. But when they told us that, we go, "Great, you should know we're both really fucking white." Yeah, so like, we're small and white. You guys should know. And so we go, we told them we're like, "So we're really not safe in that area. Like it's, it's an area that you're not safe being white in." Right. Um. And so we were like, "Great, so we're super white. You need to have a bodyguard there. Like you need to have someone that's like going to protect us." Right. And we told them, we're like, so that's great. Like, if you're willing to pay for someone to, like, shadow us and, like, be there with us, right. just don't. And our one stipulation was don't draw attention to the fact that he's, like, a security guard or, like, a bodyguard or whatever. Oh, they said that? No, we said that. Oh, okay. Because, like, you know, being white and, like, being in an area is, like, in, in East L.A. is kind of shady. Right. But, like, being white and, like, Saying aloud that you have a bodyguard because you're not like you don't feel safe to <laughs> because be there. you're scared. Yeah, like that's worse you because know you're I mean? white and you're scared. Yeah. Right. That's not. That's not. Yeah, better. that's probably not good. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> and so, we, and so we were like, um, so we uh, showed up the next day, yeah. and there's a bodyguard there who's got like that bright yellow reflective vest on, <laughs> and like we told him, and he's like. We talked to him before we went out, and he was, like, Hispanic, and he was, like, in the gang life, and, like, he knows right. that area very well. But we um, were, like, great. Can you fucking take off the vest? Because that's bullshit. Can you just... <laughs> like, can that's... you please stop being so obvious? Right, and, like, literally, Sorry. we were, like, great. So you're, like, alerting everyone that Listen, this is a thing. we're trying to not get killed. Right. right. Can you... And um, so for, like, two days, we met with the guy for two days. Right. And we went out all over East L.A., and tried to find all these guys um, that could, like, played baseball and like basketball and all this shit. Right. And um, I remember specifically, we went to a baseball field and we showed up 
and we were walking along the bleachers and it was like around 4th of July. So everyone was like out doing all this stuff, like right. cooking out and like having all these like events. Mm-hmm. And so there was a ton of people. Right, tons of people. Great, great selection of people. Right. And so we were out and we showed up at this one place and we were walking past all the bleachers. And right. this one guy at the top of the bleachers sees us walking with this guy and he goes, Hey, what do you need a bodyguard for? And we're like, oh, fuck. They know, <laughs> they know bro. <laughs> run, run. Yeah, we're like, oh, uh, fuck. Um, oh, shit. And you're like, he you like, you should have said, this isn't our bodyguard, it's our manservant. <laughs> we paid for this guy to be here. It's our manservant, Julio. Right. And like, so we were like, oh. Fuck, we're about to get robbed. Like, you know, like we're in this like really bad area, and um, but he like walked down the bleachers, and the guy, so fucking random, the guy that's our uh, security guard knows the guy, and like he starts talking to him, and he used to live in that area, yeah. and he like starts talking to him, like asking him about all the people who still live there, right. and they both knew like, they both knew really close friends, and, like like had this weird connection and so we were both like okay so obviously this is working out really well we're doing really good stuff it's just chill yeah like everyone calm the fuck down and um but like everyone was like super weird with us being there because we were literally every place we went we were the only white people right um and it was the most like terrifying like crazy thing because there were even, like, another baseball field we went to. We walked up to the baseball field, and they were having, like, a scrimmage or, like, a practice game. Literally, everything stopped. Every single person in the park turned and looked at us. And we were like, so, look, we're casting for Nike. If anyone wants to help us out, um, we would love for people within this age range and this, like, uh, you. You, do you want to, like, fuck, we're going to leave. Like, like, we're done here. We're like, all right, everyone's making this super awkward. We're going to leave. Um, it was the craziest thing. I think that's hilarious that it's actually like that. Yeah, it was like, it was insane. Because, you know, that's something, obviously, I have never witnessed. Right. Um, but it was, and we walked into, like, a, not boys and girls club, but, like, one of those, like, uh, community service, like, community areas right. for uh, kids. We walked into one. And we were looking for people within like eighteen to twenty four age range, uh, playing basketball. And they like they wanted like authentic tattoos and like authentic like uh, all this great stuff, like earrings and like scars and all this shit. And we showed up to this one, and it was a lot of kids like within the like sixteen to eighteen range. And as we were there, this one kid walks in who's working. For the, like, club, like, the community center. Uh, And at the time, they were running this big, like, stay away from gangs and, like, trying to keep kids out of gang life. They were running this big summer festival to make sure kids stayed out of gang life. And this kid walks in, and he's got a bullet hole in his leg that's, like... (laughs) That's, like, fresh. Like a fresh one. Yeah, like, it's still, like, it's, like, his sock is, the sock he's wearing is still bloody, 
and you just put a bandage over it. Like a drive-by just happened. Yeah, and I was like... And you're like, God, we need to be taking pictures of this for, like, National Geographic and shit. We're here for, like, fucking Nike. Right, and, like, I was like, what the fuck? And this kid... a picture and said, is this authentic enough for you, Nike? Huh? (laughs) And this, like, this kid, he was, like, 18... He's got a well, he got shot in the leg, but at least he's wearing Nike socks. Right, exactly. And we were like, "What the fuck is happening?" And so, like, we obviously like. Have you ever had? Have you ever had? No, it's delicious. Okay. I'll give you something in a minute. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So, like, we see this kid, seventeen, eighteen, walking with a bullet hole in his leg. His sock is still bloody, and yeah. like he, uh, he just put a bandage over his leg. And we're like, okay, obviously this is not the place for us to, like, just be hanging out. And, like, even the workers there told us, they were like, hey, like, we know this is, like, a like a rally and, like, a activity center to keep kids out of gang life. Yeah. And, like, that's cool that you guys are here and, like, checking on stuff. But you should really not be here. Um, and so, like, after that, we, like, took a couple photos of some people and, like, right. them playing basketball and all this shit. And we're like, great, so we're going to leave. And our our security guard, he walks out of this, like, community center with us. And he just stops, like, in the middle of the sidewalk and, like, looks around for a minute. And he goes, oh. Your guide. Yeah, yeah, or guide. Yeah. And, like. Like you're in the fucking Amazon jungle or some shit. Right. And he, like, stops and he looks around for a minute and he goes, oh, shit. And we go, Oh God! What? <laughs> like, what? What is happening? And he goes, "Oh, the store next door is selling uh, sopapillas. I love sopapillas. Let's go next door." Dude, if I and you're that like, happened, "You motherfucker!" I would have fucking jerked myself off <laughs> in the middle of the street for that. And he literally he looks at us and he goes, "Oh man, when I was a kid, I almost died on this street." And I go, "What?" And he goes, he goes he goes, yeah, this is like, um... He's like, he's like, oh God, we're in Compton. I didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, like he... he Oops. Uh, he, <laughs> he goes, um... So, it turns out we're in Compton. I, I forgot what gang he said, but he goes, yeah, this is like this gang territory. Like this specific gang. This is their street. And he goes, and when I was a kid, I was in their rival gang. And like, and he like, he pointed literally to like a four foot section on the concrete. Oh, and he God. goes... He said, yeah, right there, he goes, when I was a kid, I got, or when I was, like, 19, 20, right. he goes, I got really drunk, and this girl, like, pretended to be super into me, and, like, had me, like, come back to her place. Lured you. Yeah, literally. He said, like, Good she, God. like, she got, like, got me, like, super drunk and lured me back to her place, and when we showed up, I recognized the street and said, oh, fuck, I can't be here, this is, like, right. rival gang territory, right. and she was, like, you know, an old lady of, like, the rival gang, and she brought him there to get shot. Like, she brought him there to oh, fucking kill him. Jesus. And, like, he was like, yeah, I almost died right there. She was, like, the... She lured him in. She yeah. was the honeypot. Yeah, she was the honeypot. For their little sniper trap. And, like, I, I looked Jesus. at him, I was like, why the fuck would you tell me that? Like, we've got another six don't, hours. Don't you understand I'm white? I'm gonna freak out <laughs> like, now. I was, like, I was like, dude, we got another six hours in this, like... Like twelve block radius, you can't tell me that this is like where you almost got shot to death. I was like, that's gonna fuck me up. And like, like, but like everywhere we went, he literally 
and like I I you, I really you've never believed an NWA song more in your life. Never. Like, <laughs> You're like now I know they're telling the truth. <laughs> and like I I like I'm never the guy to be like I'm scared of anything. Right. But like when our like. So if I had to shoot a movie in the ghetto, you'd be scared. Is what you? That would be the one moment you'd be well, uncomfortable you know, acting wise. I wouldn't like because that's the thing. Like then I'd be like, this is fine. Like because a lot of times you'll get like if you do it right, you'll get like uh, permits and shit, and like no one will fuck with you. Right. But like if I'm just walking through as like a as a citizen, as an observer, yeah, as an observer, <laughs> and the guy that I'm walking with says, he literally looked me in the eyes at one point and said this. He goes. You guys should seriously not be here. <laughs> like, 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 he goes, he goes, and me and my roommate go, "What?" And he goes, "Yeah, you guys are far too white for this area." Like, yeah, this is you guys are like because everyone's gonna question you. You guys are you. way too white for here. Like, I... He literally said, "You guys should not be here right now." And I go, "You're our security guard. You're the one who's supposed to protect us." And he goes, "I am." By saying you should leave this area, <laughs> and I go, great, we're leaving. It's the so, one moment in your life you knew what it felt like to be a minority. Exactly. You're like, just like, oh, I feel awkward for being white. It now. was the craziest shit. I mean, yeah, it's got to be weird if you're white. Yeah, yeah it's got to be super weird if you're not white. You're then, like, oh, okay. then that's your usual existence yeah, exactly. every day of your life. I, and like that was like a very like eye-opening like event for me, and I was like, this is terrifying. I feel so bad. And you were like, like, oh my God, this is why people in California are liberal. Right. <laughs> I see now. Like, I've changed my ways. And you are just like, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Bernie Sanders is the man. <laughs> I, I wrote him in. On our <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, that water is delicious, actually. Yeah, that sounds like a terrifying. I told you, dude, it's fucking great. It's, folks, we're drinking um, zero... I guess it's, well, it's clear American pineapple coconut water. It's uh, zero calories. It's just water, but it's pineapple coconut water. It's it's fucking amazing. Sparkling water. Tastes like pina coladas. It does. It does taste like pina coladas. Uh, But yeah, that's a terrifying story. It was. To be down in the midst of. A place where you really shouldn't be. I mean, it's like, it feels, it's like you're telling me a story about being in like, you know, a third world country or something. So right. you're talking. It's like you're telling me a story about. So we were in downtown Bangkok. Right. <laughs> we were in Rwanda. Yeah. And like, so we're in Rwanda, and I realized that I had a blood diamond in my pocket. No. Right. Um, but but you're not. You're in California. East LA. You're yeah. in East LA. You're in the eastern part of Los Angeles. Right. Like. Jesus. And so like we. We called Nike that last day that we were there. And that yeah. last day is when that last story happened where he told yeah. us, like, he almost died on that street corner. Right. And, like, we called Nike and we're like, hey, fuck you guys. We're never going out there again. Right. Please do not send us out there. Um, and so, we are too white. Please yeah. send some black kids out there because we don't want to get like shot. anyone else. Or like, some Mexicans right. or something because we're like, going to get Asians, shot. Asians. Like, anything is fine. Just but, not white. <laughs> Yeah, like our security guard literally told us, like, if I wasn't here, you would probably get shot. And, and it's like, and it's weird right. that like literally, if it was any other minority race, they'd yeah, be fine. Literally anyone, just not white people. Okay. <laughs> so I'll be fine. So I can go in both the white communities oh, and the minority. Oh well, 
I'm sure Brooke will feel very safe about that. Or I have a um, Polynesian friend. Because I'm sure there's some really good restaurants down there in like the areas where it'd be oh, more difficult to, to go. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's some great restaurants. So we'll be able to go down and check out the really cool restaurants. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And you'll have to stay home. I'll we'll just I'll just come with you. Landry and OT will have to. Stay Landry home. wouldn't can't go anywhere. No, Landry. <laughs> <laughs> Landry would not be allowed at the mall. Right. No. No. Not at the Grove. He can't do that. <laughs> This song is an open letter to my fans. Electric Candy, in association with Channel 4.5 Productions. All right, that was part uh, one of my conversation with the fabulous Los Angeles area actor, Tanner Reisner. And uh, join me next week, folks, where we will get into part two of our conversation. Um, it got it got kind of fun and interesting there in that, in that first... Uh, first part but there's some really a lot more interesting stuff in, in the second part where we talk about like uh, Donald Trump and uh, you know talk about uh, things like cultural appropriation and uh, other stuff like that uh, so thank you guys for listening I love you and uh, obviously if you guys weren't listening then I wouldn't be uh, doing a podcast Apparently there were 45 downloads, Landry told me, of my first episode uh, after the first couple of days, which uh, to me sounded, uh, you know, amazing. But uh, according to Landry, that's nothing because uh, all the other podcasts on here get a lot of play. So uh, apparently I need to step it up a little bit. Uh, But anyway, thank you guys for listening. I love you and... uh, Hope you guys enjoyed this. Next week we'll have part two, and then the week after that, I will have a podcast with an actress named Toby K. And uh, we talked about her a little bit, I think, in that first uh, half there with the uh, podcast. Told a pretty interesting story about a party, I think. I'm pretty sure. And uh, just so you know, if that's not in there, then I guess it's in the second half. But I think it's in the first half. But we, uh, just so you folks know, Toby K will be live in the studio with me to either confirm or deny Mr. Reisner's claims of what happened tonight. And hopefully in the future we can get uh, actor, uh, musician, uh, filmmaker himself Nick Growall in the studio live with us, and he can confirm or deny those accusations as well. Um, but anyway, all right, I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, don't do anything I wouldn't do, and uh, don't be a bunch of douchebags, all right? Don't just go out into the world and be douchebags, folks. That's not good.